Hi. The Common Man and T-Bone podcast is brought to you by Care Heating and Cooling. Cold or sweaty is no way to go through life. Call my guys at Care Heating and Cooling for all your heating and cooling needs. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. And stay tuned after the podcast for special bonus content from past shows. I got bronchitis. Bye. Welcome to the home of stupid. That's right. You're now listening to Common Man and T-Bone. Sarkanimi, the music destination that we're all looking forward to going to. <laughs> with their with adult, its adult zoo. zoo. Right. <laughs> no, children's zoo. If they go to Helsinki to get that adult filth zoo that yeah, you want right. to go to. The ice cream popsicles with the Mickey Mouse ears, just like a big giant penis ice cream <laughs> that you walk around with at the <laughs> adult zoo. Where'd you get that fudge pop shaped like a pee-pee? Merry Christmas, movie house! <laughs> why is he here? Why? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> Featuring Panama Ted, imported from Panama. Thank you, Ted. You suck. Leanna Ray on traffic. Five-minute delay. And a bunch of internet sounds that make no sense. To reach around the guy. <laughs> you gotta squat and be ready. <laughs> Balls on his chest. Strap in and strap it on. This is Man and Bone. <laughs> Happy Friday. Welcome in. Hello, Bone. Oh, hello, man. Oh, we have a big program today. Degenerate T-Bone coming up at 448, and it's Tool of the Week Friday. You can send in your Twitter tools. That's the only way to do it, kids, at manandbone971. We have have some Sterling Marlin news today. I'm excited about that. May he rest in peace. Mm, We sure do. I mean, I don't know when you want that news, but I can bring it to you. No, 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 not now, but at some point. Is he Great. dead? No. Oh, He's okay. alive and well. I as thought far he was dead. Know. All right. Well, someday he'll rest in peace, but not yet because he's not dead yet. No, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the Jackets with a wild win in Chicago last night. How about that, man? I wrote that team off for dead last night. They found a way to come back, and it's amazing what happens to you when you decide to shoot the puck, isn't it? It is. You know who's a, uh, a a guy who is bringing that to the table finally for this Jackets team is uh, Jack Roslevic, who I believe was the centerpiece of a deal uh, that happened between... Him and another guy. Yeah, I don't remember who the other guy was, but those two guys together for PLD, it was a pretty good deal, I would say. It worked out okay, at least well, it is so, so far. far. Yes, Roslevic yeah. has been fantastic, and Cam was good again last night. Go figure. Cam gets on the ice with Patrick Line. There's more room to maneuver, and he's successful. It's almost like, and people talk about this like it's a knock. It's not. Cam Atkinson has the type of skill to take advantage when the opportunity presents itself. He doesn't have the type of skill to create that opportunity out of nothing. He works better. We saw it with Panarin, right? He works better when someone else is there to take some of the attention off of him. And now he's flourishing again. Yeah. And whether they have him on the same line as line A or if, you know, if Torts moves him down a line, whatever, either way, he is taking advantage of a situation where he's not going up usually against the best pairings on the other side, the best center. Like there's, there's just ways that he seems to be able to do better in that situation. So let's hope that continues, man. I, I kind of ripped him a little bit when, you know, Patrick line A had that, you know, issue where he got benched and then, 
something to say from Cam after the game. Good. I thought it was Keep a little weird. Him. Maybe he'll well, play I thought better. it was a little weird. And then I had a bunch of people, you know, afterwards, you know, yesterday going, what do you have to say about Cam now? It's like, well, good. He's, I'm happy that he's living up to his $6 million a year contract. I hope people remember that. Cam is now the second highest paid player on the team. The highest paid player on the team would be the guy you just brought in and Patrick Line. So yeah, he should be scoring. At a pretty decent clip. It's nice to see him be a woman. What do you think in about season? a guy doing his job now? <laughs> One of your highest paid players who's paid to score the puck is starting yeah, no to help fooling. in the scoring column. Good. Let's keep that up. Like, this is what I want to see from this Jackets team. I don't want to see the defense that they've been no. putting forward. And of that, late. that's what I was going to say. Look, man, you, you stole one last night. That was an excellent two points that you got. Hopefully you can build off of that. But I, Corpy was getting pissed off last night. Corpy's not Bob, all right? Bob has one thing go wrong, he's going to let you know about it. He was like a toddler. He would let you know exactly how he felt all the time. And after that third goal, Corpy had had enough because you got guys just hanging out in front of him and there's nothing he can do about it. Yeah, I agree. And this is, you know, this is going to be part of the story here, right? Because, you know, he's, he's, You've got on this defense now, Zach Wierenski out for a little bit with an injury. So this is a, I, I don't think that's going to be something that goes away that easily, that they are just playing tremendous defense without one of their best defenders. But no doubt they've got to get better defensively even without him. And you have got to find a way to not, you know, let your goalie see that many shots. So hopefully they can continue to get better in that regard. Mike, if this team could be like top third of the league defensively, but keep scoring the way they've suddenly seemed to start doing I'll ever go since Patrick Laine came in. They're going to score six goals a game <laughs> for the rest of the season. Yeah, they, they, probably, they probably won't do six goals a game. But, you know, if they can up the offensive output a little bit more than they had to start the season off, yeah, th- this would be very interesting if they can just, you know, get back to playing the type of defense you typically see from John Tortorella teams, but not have the same type of offense that you usually see accompanying that. If they get better off than what they have and play normal level defense for them, then I feel like this team could do a lot of good things. But that's that's a far cry from where they are right now. The good news is they're stacking up points when they can, and you need to keep doing that. In regulation is the key. Yes, no winning in overtime night. is not good. Winning in regulation is the best. Let's it always is right, but. This year, with it all being divisional opponents, there's nowhere where you can hide those extra points you give away in an overtime win. If you're playing a West Coast team, it doesn't matter, right? That's fine. Let them have them. They, you don't, they don't affect you. Here they do. Every single game affects your playoff standing in that way because you're playing a divisional opponent. So you need to not give away points. Jackets didn't do that last night. Good for them. In Chicago for the Blackhawks tomorrow night, I would assume that we would see Elvis tomorrow night since he's back, but we will see. The Texans are releasing J.J. Watt per his request. I know this is sort of making the news in some places today, you know, with like, oh, what are the Texans doing? And look, that's fair, and we'll talk about that because they're a mess, but what are they doing? They're they're releasing a guy who is... 30-something years old, who was scheduled to make $17.5 million, and there was no way they were going to keep him on the roster at that price. A few weeks ago, we're talking about future homes for J.J. Watt because he was not going to be back with the Houston Texans because he didn't want to be back, and they didn't want him back. They didn't want him back at that number, at least. If he renegotiates and signs a new deal, then that's fair game, but it was time for the relationship to end. That team is in rebuilding mode. He wants to win so it's fair to say what the hell is going on with the houston texans but it's not necessarily because of this 
Right. I think some of the people who were putting it out there that J.J. Watt would be this big centerpiece of a trade just weren't looking at the facts or the numbers, and you're thinking no, more that's about... crazy. You're thinking more about what he means to that organization and what he certainly means to a locker room. Like, I don't discount any of that. And I do think he can be still a solid player. He said this, you know, today that he still believes he has a few more really good years in him. And, and we'll find out, right? The, the facts are this. 2016 season was one that was marred by injuries for him, okay? That was the first season of his career where he did not play the full season. 2016, he played three games. 2017, he played five games. 2019, he played eight games. And then in 2018 and last year, he played the full 16-game schedule. So he's only twice in the last five years played a full 16 games, Mike. The last time he played a full 16 games, in 2018, he had 16 sacks. Last year, he played another 16-game season. He had five sacks. So I'm not saying that that means if he plays another 16 games this year, he's also going to regress even further. I'm just saying that's what you do have to take into account for a guy who was about to make $17.5 million and has an injury history. You know, I mean, I think that's a reasonable thing for any team to look at and say, maybe we don't want to pay that much for a great star and a guy who has a lot of, you know, power in that community. A lot of people really enjoyed having him there. And he obviously seemed to bond with Houston and, you know, through the floods and everything else. He was a a great community asset and a great football player. He is on the downside of his career. How far down is what we're about to find out. But I, I say all that, and then I also say, as a Browns fan, I'd really like to see my team sign him. I'd of love to have him. Would. If the price is right, bring him in, some leadership there. He definitely wants to go to a team that's contending. He doesn't want to go somewhere that's just messing around or doing a rebuild. So you can't blame him for wanting to get out of Houston. You're not going to build your defense around J.J. Watt, but he can certainly be a nice compliment. You have him on one side. You have Miles Garrett on the other side. Hopefully he's at full strength next year. That would be a fantastic pairing. And obviously the Houston Texans, if they thought they could get anything for J.J. Watt, they would trade him, right? They just wouldn't release him. But no one is going to trade for him at that number. He's not a $17.5 million a year player anymore. That's just not the way it is. And he knows that, too. I think the weird thing with him is like any team that would get him on their roster will will have a very I think that's a a good guy to pick up no doubt. But I also think there will be an issue that a lot of teams are probably going to look at the price tag and go, "Well, we're not going over some number. I don't know if it's 10 million a year. I don't know if it's I was going to say than 8. That. So yeah. 8 to 10 is the range, I think. Right. But if like that's where he ends up, and you're a team that puts in a bid at nine and a half million, and then you find out another team gets him at eleven, you're going to say, "Well, it would have been nice to have him, but we're not getting into a bidding war over him." You know what I mean? There are other players. He's he. You're also paying a little bit for that star power and sure. for that leadership and the intangibles and and honestly, the hope that he can be better than he was last year. He was good last year. He was not great, and of course, that defense was not great. So that might be why he was limited. Everybody could double team him on a team like the Browns or a team that has a pretty good defensive line, then yeah, he might be able to do a little bit better than he did last year, but that's still a big price tag right now with a a, a lot of uncertainty given his injury history. We talked uh, yesterday about Urban Meyer, and he's got some questions to answer, but one of those questions won't be who is he going to take with the number one pick. It will be Trevor Lawrence. It's not going to be anybody else, regardless of what you read. Trevor Lawrence had his pro day today, and I didn't watch it, but I was just reading something saying he looked good. Well, 
pretty impossible to look bad at a pro day, isn't it? I mean, you're you're throwing to people that you're completely familiar with in surroundings that you're completely familiar with. You know exactly what's coming. If you can't shine in in that scenario in front of people, well, then you're not any good to begin with. Yeah, I guess maybe people are saying that only because he has the injury to his non-throwing shoulder, and so maybe that's where people are worried about it because he's set to have surgery on it. I know he's set to have surgery, but quite frankly, Bone, he doesn't have to throw for anybody. All right, he no, could, you're right. You're he right. could have not done a pro day and still be the number one pick in the draft. Showing me that he wanted to have the pro day means this injury does not affect me when I throw. Yeah, I, th- I think that was the reason to have it, and and that's fine. And I think overall, it's it's uh, good for him to get out there and do it. But there is no doubt. I have I have zero doubt. I don't care what Jacksonville tries to do. I don't care what kind of smoke screens they send no. out. Like that's your number one pick. Everyone knows it, and it will be a complete upset if that is not the first overall pick, Trevor Lawrence. Urban answering questions about his controversial hire yesterday. We'll talk about it coming up next. Common Man and T Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Some slowdowns to watch out for on the roads right now. You'll find I-70 downtown split eastbound between the 71-315 west split and the 71 east split. Traffic is slow in that area. And 71 southbound between 670 and East Broad Street. You're going to find some backups there as well. This traffic report is sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance, where you only pay for what you need. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance. Liberty Mutual customizes your insurance, so you only pay for what you need. Customize and save with Liberty Mutual Insurance. Only an array with fan traffic. Come. Simpletons, nincompoops, ignoramuses. Just a few of the many different words that you can use to describe the hosts of this show. Also, fat. This is Common Man and T-Bone. It is a Tool of the Week Friday. You can send in your Twitter tools at manandbone971. We talked yesterday about Urban hiring former Iowa strength and conditioning coach Chris Doyle to his Jacksonville staff, and now he's forced to answer questions and defend the hire, and he says, oh, I vetted him. You can believe that. I I looked into it, and he's my guy. All right. Here's my question, though. Is all of this worth it? Look, I've told the little story before. I've, I've used this analogy before. Watching one of these food shows, they're telling me about the greatest pizza restaurant in New York City, and it's a three-hour wait to get in. Well, then that's not the best pizza restaurant in New York City, right? I go to the second name on that list. If I can eat right now, that instantly becomes the best pizza restaurant in New York City because I'm not waiting for three hours. You're telling me the success or failure of Urban Meyer as a head coach in Jacksonville is resting completely on the hire of Chris Doyle? He couldn't go to the second name on his list? Maybe the second best guy? Maybe you think that Chris Doyle, with all of his skills, is the best guy for the job. All right, But is it worth it? Is it worth it to answer all the questions about him, to put your reputation on the line for a guy like that? Wouldn't it be easier for Urban just to go down one name on his list and say, well, not as good as Chris Doyle, but I also know that I don't have to answer to him for him in the media, and I also probably know he's not a giant racist. Yeah, it's. I mean, it seems like the easier way to go would be to say, I'm not going to go take the guy that has all this baggage attached to him. And if you've forgotten some of the baggage, this is from June of last year. James Daniels, former Iowa player, I believe played for the Bears this year, if I'm not mistaken, said there are too many racial disparities in the Iowa football program. Black players have been treated unfairly for far too long. 
And then Jaleel Johnson, who does play for the Vikings, defensive lineman for them, said Coach Doyle, that's the guy we're talking about, Coach Doyle is the problem in that building, and then so is Brian Ferentz. Things won't progress until those two fix themselves. They know they're a problem. Uh, and then he said, I respect Coach Ferentz wholeheartedly. It's the others in the building. And then Jaleel Johnson went on to say, the same player from the Vikings, Coach Doyle would go around stepping on players' fingers as they would warm up before a lift. Like, take you can't take away all the other things that are wrong there with racial disparities and problems in that way. That is still obviously a major issue. But even if you could remove that, the guy walks around and steps on people's fingers because they're college players and they've got to be taught where their place is, I guess. I mean... Does that sound like that alone? Does that sound like that flies in an NFL locker room? Does that sound like that flies in an NFL weight room? Or does that sound like a guy who's waiting to get his ass kicked by an NFL professional who says, you don't step on my fingers. Who do you think you are? Well, he's like, going to have to, he's going to have to change his ways. And I guess this would be my question for Urban is, so you vetted this guy. You vouch for this guy. So you're either saying that you think he's a changed human, which I don't yep. believe, or that everybody is lying. Which one is it? Right. I don't, and I don't know which way Urban goes on that. Urban said, I vetted him. I've, I've had a relationship with him for many, many I, I, years. I don't know. What, I don't know what, I talked to to these I don't know what I had a relationship with him means. I don't know yeah. what that means. Cause he's had a relationship with other guys that turned out to be pieces of crap. So I don't know what that means. Well, that's just it. Urban does not have a track record that allows you to say when he says, I know there are problems, but I can assure you I've, I've, talk to him and I now have a good understanding of where he is and that will not be a problem any longer. Urban doesn't have that cachet to say that because it hasn't worked out well for him in the past. So this Chris Doyle hiring should absolutely get scrutiny and it may not get a ton of it at the moment, but Urban is banking on the fact that this guy will not do anything else to screw up. And if he doesn't, then hey, you're not going to have to worry about it, right? If if you never hear Chris Doyle's name again and they just go out and win a bunch of football games, then it's all hunky-dory. But do you think that's likely, that there will be nothing that comes out of this, Mike? Cause I don't I, know. I'm just saying if I, I am were Urban, curious about that. that's not something I would want to risk. My right. success or failure in the NFL will be my own doing, and I'm not going to hitch my wagon to somebody who's controversial. I would just move on to the second best name on my list. That's me. Urban saying, this guy's the best guy for the job. I'm going to hire him. Let's see how it works out for him. I, uh, I would One last thing on the yes, Crystal thing. Do NFL players text each other and say, like, hey, didn't you play for this guy at Iowa? What's the deal? Like, just because right now I don't think there are a ton of Iowa players on the Jacksonville roster. I think there's one, mean, and I forget okay. his name, but there's well, one. Either way, it doesn't matter. Like, he will be asked about this, and so will every other player in the league who played for Chris Doyle in college, and other players who are about to play for him will say, what's the deal with this guy? Is all this stuff that we've heard, is that real, or is that just a few guys who are mad? And they'll get the real story one way or the other, and uh, that will have implications, I'm quite sure, for whatever he's doing with Jacksonville. Our guy Trevor Bauer, reigning Cy Young Award winner in the National League, had his introductory Dodgers press conference yesterday. Lots of questions from the reporters about... Him harassing women online, which I don't know if he was necessarily expecting. Good. And here's what I have to say about Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer has fantastic stuff. He has proven me wrong in the fact that I didn't think he'd be able to put it all together and truly become a consistent pitcher. Never doubted the stuff, just doubted what was between his ears. 
And he showed that he could block all of that out, go on out there and pitch extraordinary baseball every fifth day. But I've had a way, I've had a problem with the way that Trevor Bauer behaves. I think he's juvenile. And that's coming from somebody that talks about penis fudgicles. And I think that he harasses women online. He was asked about this multiple times yesterday by the Los Angeles media, and he didn't look necessarily prepared to answer the question. He did throw out the, I've changed a lot, blah, 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 but didn't really get into details, didn't want to get into details. And all I'll say to Trevor Bauer is be careful what you wish for, because he's always the guy tooting his own horn, going on social media saying, I believe I'm the best. I believe I should win this award. He's now the highest paid player on a team that just won the World Series, and he's in a big media market, which is something he's never experienced before. He went from Phoenix. He went to Cleveland. He went to Cincinnati, and he didn't have guys in the press looking to make names for themselves crawling up his ass he will have that in los angeles he's also going into a a, 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 draw, a locker room a clubhouse with lots of veteran leaders on that team that know what it's like to win the world series he doesn't and so i think he has to be careful or this could blow up in his face well yeah i mean I think the part of this too is that, you know, he's not shy from promoting himself, from talking about himself. And by all means, if you think you've got something, you're getting paid $40 million this year to throw a baseball. So clearly his elevated opinion of himself is not a bad one. There, you know, it is an, it is a correct one. He is very good at what he does, but there are a lot of guys in that clubhouse who would have rightfully so also elevated opinions of themselves because they just won a World Series. So, Along with everything else you just mentioned, if he comes in there and kind of is the same Trevor Bauer he's always been everywhere else he's gone, then I wonder how that will go over if there is a controversy, if something comes up and other players are now going to get asked about it. Do you see a lot of players being willing necessarily to jump in front of that and go, hey, Trevor's our guy and... You know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't ask those questions or no, I'll vouch for him and say, you know, that, that may be the case. Or maybe those players will say, ah, yeah, that's Trevor. I, <laughs> I really don't have anything to say about that. There is a potential for this to not be a great locker room situation, even though on the field he is tremendous. So just keep an eye on it. That's all. It's, you're right, Mike. I was leery of him going to New York as much as it would have been nice to have him. My Mets were in the conversation, but I don't think he's going to do well with a big time media market because they tend to be critical and he's not a fan of criticism. So we'll see how it goes. One of our friends in the media, and by friend, I mean someone we've never met and don't listen to, has proposed a big four-team NFL trade, and it's interesting enough to discuss. We'll do it next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident blocking the three right lanes of I-70 eastbound at US-33. Traffic is stop and go from Livingston Avenue. This injury accident leaves only the left lane open. Please be extra cautious and plan on some heavy backups. This traffic report is sponsored by Merrill Lynch. With Merrill Guided Investing, you have the option to work with an advisor at low cost to minimum. Get started at MerrillEdge.com slash investing goals. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner, and Smith Incorporated, both a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member SIPC. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Man is angry, bone is fat. They are both also those other things. This is Man and Bone. Bone, give me a number. Uh, Let's go with two, Mike. 
Why don't you make it a little harder on Teddy than just right. number two? Two million. <laughs> no? All right. Uh, let's go with caller number eight. How about eight? Wow, that's really hard. Caller number eight right now, 614-821-9710 is a phone number, gets a $100 Kenneth's Hair Salon and Day Spa gift card. Give the gift of beauty and relaxation this Valentine's Day with a gift card to Kenneth's Salon and Day Spas. Caller number eight right now. Congratulations to you. Uh, Look, man, we have said the last couple years the NFL is getting ridiculous with all the trades, right? It used to be that NFL trades were a rare occurrence. And I'm not saying ridiculous as in bad because I find it entertaining. I think the moving and shaking in the NFL offseason is fun. But you never used to see trades in the NFL. You certainly didn't see a lot of trades of significance. And now we're seeing them all the time. However, there is somebody in the media that I think is taking the, the trading frenzy in the NFL maybe just a touch too far with a fictional four-team trade. Yeah, Nick Wright over of uh, First Things First on FS1, which if they you watch that... They have tens of viewers yeah, every day, right. tens. Well, and Nick Wright had a hairline that we, we, know, we don't really know what happened there because he had a bald head for a long time and then suddenly he had hair and it freaked everyone out, but he claims this has always been his hair. So I don't know what to believe. But either way, Nick Wright with hair, this is what he had to propose. This is about, you know, Deshaun Watson is looking to get out of Houston, obviously. There are rumblings about Russell Wilson. There are other teams that clearly are not as satisfied with their starting quarterback options. So he has proposed a four-team trade that I, number one, think has no chance in hell of happening. But I still think it's interesting enough to at least... Discuss. I want. Yeah, you I want may want to get like a pad and pen and. Yeah, write well, I was this just going to say you will be confused. I was just going to say let's start off with the most complex part of this deal. Okay, here's what the Texans get back. They will be shipping out Deshaun Watson. More on where he would go in a second. The Texans would get Sam Darnold, the second overall pick from the Jets, the twelfth overall pick from the Niners. 34th overall pick from the Jets and a 2022 first round pick from the Jets. So multiple first and second rounders there. All right, so and what was it? Three first round picks, one second round pick, and Sam Donald. Yeah, futures first, two first this year, and a second this year. And, and you're trading away Deshaun Watson. Yeah, so they're trading away Deshaun Watson. So, so obviously, you know, Texans are involved, the Jets are involved. The Niners are involved. In this deal, the Niners would then get Deshaun Watson. Um, the Jets will get something more on that in a second because the fourth team involved here would be the Seahawks. What the Seahawks would get is the 23rd overall pick from the Jets because the Jets have a lot of overall picks in the first round. They got a lot of picks. So the Jets pick from the 23rd overall pick, the 2022 first-round pick from San Francisco – and then the Seahawks would also get from San Francisco Nick Bosa and Jimmy Garoppolo because they're trading away their quarterback. And where does their quarterback end up? Well, Russell Wilson in this proposal would end up with the Jets. So the Jets would get Russell Wilson. The Niners would get Deshaun Watson. The Seahawks would get Jimmy Garoppolo. And the Texans would get Sam Darnold. And then also the Seahawks would get Nick Bosa. Both the Seahawks and the Texans would also get some first-round picks. What do you think of that deal? I mean, there's no chance this there's happens. There's no chance it happens. But I'm just wondering, like, who do you think makes out the best there if the Seahawks are getting a lesser quarterback, clearly, than Russell Wilson, but they are getting a first-round pick and one next year and Nick Bosa, 
Uh, I don't think that would be enough for me to, I, I just, I don't know. Is that, yeah, I guess if that's the price that they have to pay to then get Deshaun Watson, they would also trade away their 12th overall pick. Maybe they would want to do that part of the deal. I just don't see the rest of this deal happening. I don't think the Seahawks would trade away Russell Wilson for that minimal of a return. I, I don't know that they would get all that. No, and I, I, I don't see Russell Wilson okaying a move to the Jets either. Now, he does have like limited no-trade protection in his contract. I think if he's moved, his cap number jumps up to something stupid like $45 million or $50 million at some point during the course of the deal. But if Russell Wilson is bitching and moaning about Seattle, you think he's just going to pack his bag and go to the Jets and smile? <laughs> right. I don't, I don't know the answer there because unless the Jets said, yeah, and we're willing to let you just – you can basically run the team. Like, we don't even care. We just want to hear what you have to say, and we'll do whatever you say. Now, people are also pointing out with this trade proposal that the Texans – here's – again, let's let's just – parse what the Texans would be getting for getting rid of Deshaun Watson. They get Sam Darnold, who is a reclamation project at best, but there is potential with him, at least. I think you could say that. Uh, second overall pick, 12th overall pick, and a second round pick this year, early second, 34th early second, overall. And then a first round pick next year. And then a first rounder year. next year. So you get two firsts, an early second rounder, three and a first. first rounder next year. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, three total firsts. Not, not first in this round. year, but three yeah. total firsts. So, and Sam Darnold. Is that enough that you would part ways with Deshaun Watson for that? Some people I saw well, like freaking out about that, but I think given that Deshaun Watson has already said he doesn't want to be there. Well, I don't... that's what I was going to say. Under normal circumstances, maybe not, but considering he's not going to show up and play for me, and I'm going to go through a rebuild anyway, then yes, that is something I would do. By the way, if you uh, had the second overall pick, could you not trade that for more picks, potentially, if you want to give Sam Darnold a go? Or could you not also draft a quarterback with your second overall pick and trade Sam Darnold and maybe get something else, maybe some kind of pick, maybe second or third round pick? I don't know what you get for Sam Darnold at this point. Now, there, but... is, there is a cap to how many picks you can have, and I don't, yes, I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but you would have to think about that, wouldn't you? <laughs> right, but they, I'm just saying like they have the option there to, with three first-round picks over the next two years, plus their, you know, their own pick they would get uh, to keep because, yeah, that doesn't go anywhere in this scenario. That would be pretty, in my mind, if they, if the Texans could get that too, and then, you know, they could still have Sam Darnold, see what he can do for a year, and if he sucks, then you could draft quarterback next year, keep building the roster. It's not a terrible haul for the Texans. I just don't think, I don't think any of that's happening with the Seahawks. I don't think that's, the Niners are, I just don't see them getting, giving up Nick Bosa. There's, there's a lot going on with this trade that I don't think works, but the Texans get that they would have, if they got all that back, sure, but, I don't know how you're going to get all that back when I don't think a four-team deal is likely to happen to swing all of this. Nick Wright must not be a married guy, right? Because there's no way a married guy sits down and comes up with all this stuff. No, apparently, I think he is. He's got a wife well, and kids. All right. At least Let according to the, the promo commercials they used to do with him and CeCe. They... That's a fake family. Oh, okay. I, ju I will tell you that when I was like a kid, this is all I did. Not necessarily with football trades because those didn't exist, but I would have my notebook and instead of taking notes in class like I should, I'd be making up fake baseball lineups and coming up with trades and new logos for this team. This is all I did. If, if I had one of those old notebooks, it wouldn't have any schoolwork in it. It would just be baseball lineups and fake trades.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, me and my brother used to do something similar, where but we would just like categorize all the statistics from our baseball cards or basketball cards or whatever sport we had that we were looking at, and that's what we would do is go through and say who are the like top ten receivers as far as yards of the guys we had baseball cards for, or football cards for, and then that's what we would just sit there in notebooks and fill out. So I wonder, like, like that's nothing you do now because if you're a kid and you want to know that. You just go on you know, like any of the football reference sites and just type sure. it in, and it shows you right instantly. So something I guess that we've lost, but I don't there think it's really something, that bad. There is something special though about flipping through baseball cards and reading stats off the back. Somewhere there has to be a kid who enjoys doing that. Yeah, I think though now, like most kids that are buying baseball cards, they're like, "This will be my investment portfolio for Maybe. When I'm going to college, and then I can sell all these things." Uh, the Indians got faster today. We'll talk about it next. Common Man and T Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for a serious accident involving a tanker, leaving only the left lane open on I-70 eastbound at US-33. Emergency crews are on scene, and there's a vehicle on the left berm as well. Please be extra cautious. You might want to avoid this area if possible. This traffic report is sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance, where you only pay for what you need. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance. Liberty Mutual customizes your insurance, so you only pay for what you need. Customize and save with Liberty Mutual Insurance. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. Murdering brain cells one show at a time. Back to Man and Bone. Happy Friday. Bone, you remember the show Wipeout, right? Yes, I do. Okay, you remember a couple months ago when they were filming new episodes of Wipeout? It's like the obstacle course show that's ridiculous and, you know, funny commenters. Oh, look at this guy. He's an idiot. Whatever. Yeah, they would make fun of the guys and they'd get knocked over or whatever. Sure. Sure. Well, a couple months ago, someone on Wipeout, they were filming the show, new version of the show, went through the obstacle course. At the end of the obstacle course, collapsed. Oh. They took him to the hospital and he sadly died. Jeez. And then you and I both said at the time, well, that's the end of that show. I mean, there's no way they're bringing back Wipeout now. Well, TBS has apparently said, who cares about the dead guy? Wipeout has a premiere date of April 1st. So if you'd like to see people dropping dead and John Cena making fun of them on commentary, that's coming your way April Fool's Day on TBS. Uh, Okay. Yeah, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. The show itself is fun, mindless entertainment. I've watched it before. I mean, it's, it's, I liked it better when it was most extreme challenge, but that's fine. You know, like it's a, it's a nice thing. It's, it's funny. I understand why people like to watch it, but it does seem like maybe if people are dropping dead over this thing, maybe it's not the best thing to keep making. You know, like I, I understand people have died in production of television shows and movies before. But this one, it does seem like there's a physical element that that may have played a part in people dying. So at the very least, I hope they're doing a better job of screening people who are going to show up for this thing. Like, would they let me go on this show? I would. I would. If hope I showed they up, let you plus three bills, big plus three bills, would they let me just waltz TBS in there and be like, yeah, I'm going to hop over this program? And there's only so many shows with like Snoop Dogg judging somebody on a unicycle. So. <laughs> They, maybe they're they'd desperate at, for shows. Maybe they'd look at me and be like, oh, sweet, it's like my 600-pound life, but also this. We can put the two together and just have an episode. It's like crossover episode. That'll be T-bone, fun. T-Bone, we're going to put you on 1,200-calorie-a-day diet, high protein, no carb, and you run wipeout <laughs> obstacle course. Let me tell you right now, if they said it's either go on a 1,200-calorie-a-day diet 
or run that obstacle course and take your chances, I'm running the obstacle course. I'm sorry. I'm not, I don't want to do that 1200 calorie. What if diet. you have like a professional chef preparing the food for you? So there's not a lot of it for you to eat, but you know that you're going to have some, you well, know, some delicious proteins cooked well by a professional. The reality is if, if prepared right, like let's say they, they had, I don't know. We're going to take a bunch of watermelon and we're going to somehow make there's it. There's no even watermelon more... on that diet, baby. Why not? No, twelve hundred calories. There's sugar and fruit. No, there is. No, there's no. That's stupid. It's sugar. That, that I... is his diet. What do you mean that's stupid? That's, that's stupid. what it is. You that's... can't have fruit. It's you fruit. can't have sugar. It's no. Fruit. Why are you questioning the bariatric surgeon guy? By because, saying no, fat guy knows what to eat. You don't know. <laughs> no, my problem, I did not get this way. Let me tell you right now. I did not get this way by eating fruit. If you can eat, like, how much water, how much sugar can watermelon possibly have that you couldn't have, like, a bowl of it and You're be right. healthy? That's you what I'm saying. go back to medical school, change his entire philosophy, and have the all-watermelon diet to lose to, weight. All right. I picked up bad fruit. All I'm saying is, yeah, maybe there's a chef out there that could make some of that taste good for a day or... Or two days or three days. What I am saying is, no, I would not want to live on 1,200 calories because that's not healthy. There's no way that's healthy. I'm sorry. You know what else isn't healthy? What's that? Being 600 pounds is not well, healthy. Well, I know that, but I, like, I try, I've done the 1,200-pound diets, and you know what happens with those? You lose a lot of weight, and then you get off of the diet, air quotes, and it goes right back up because... You, there's no way you could sustain living like that. It's insanity. I've done it before. I'm never doing that again. No way. I will go on diets or I will eat better and healthy and all that. 1,200 calories a day? No. Sorry. That's uh-uh. Not doing it. The Indians got a little faster today. They have signed Billy Hamilton to a minor league deal. The Indians aren't going to spend any money. We know this. Billy Hamilton's going to continue to bounce around. Why? Because he's fast. He could never hit consistently. He's not a very good fielder, but he's there. He he could be a valuable piece, though. Now that Major League Baseball has done this again, where they say runner on second base to start extra innings, guys like Billy Hamilton should be on everybody's roster. You should have a guy like Billy Hamilton or Gerard Dyson on your roster, guys who can score easily because you bring him out there in the 10th inning, he starts on second base. The other thing I would have on my roster is a guy that I know absolutely positively, and this is becoming harder to find in Major League Baseball today, can put down a bunt. So mm, sure. I'm starting extra innings with Billy Hamilton on second base, and I'm pinch hitting for a guy who can lay it down, and then I'm trying to push a ground ball to the right side or get myself a fly ball and win the baseball game. It comes down to that. Yeah, you're right. Well, especially because you're starting with someone on second base. You lay down a bunt. You obviously, if you can make that happen, worst case scenario, you're one out with a guy on third. So you've got two opportunities to get him across. That's, and then, and potentially win the game if you do that, especially obviously for the home team. So yeah, it's no brainer. Have guys on the field that can be as fast as possible. Uh, everybody knows what Billy Hamilton, Billy Hamilton can do in that regard. But, Mike, I will never forget when I was working in Dayton, uh, Billy Hamilton, of course, coming up through the Reds organization. The Dayton Dragons are part mm -hmm. of that. And it was, like, heralded by all the people around the Dayton Dragons PR team and all that. It was, we're getting Billy Hamilton, this hot prospect who can, you know, run like lightning. He's crazy. We're going to get him. He's going to be, you know, on the team. And so I used to run the radio games when I worked in Dayton and uh, the radio broadcasts. And... It was, I mean, every time he got up to the plate, number one, he would get on base because it was single A. 
But number two, as soon as he got on base, it was like going to second, going to third, no question. Like there was not even a question. I think he might have been there for three or four months the first season, and he broke their like record by June or July for stolen base. It was it was ridiculous what he did. So well, I will the never excitement forget. for him was was real because of it course. was always well if he could just do this consistently and nobody expected him to hit for power, right? Yeah. But if he could be become a contact hitter and draw some walks and get on base, he will kill teams with his speed. And there were like couple week stretches where you saw that where he'd start running into the baseball and he'd start you know dropping bloop singles in the left field like Ichiro and then he would kill you on the base paths and he would make you believe that he figured it out but he never figured it out for more than a couple weeks he just could never figure out a way to consistently hit major league pitching mike sometimes when you uh cover sports for a living or you work in the sports industry i don't know if anyone's ever experienced this where you're sitting there like i would be at these games and every other hitter pretty much like tucker barnhart was on those teams too like you know he was pretty good but i just you know i kind of zone out wait for my cues to hit the button to play a commercial whatever but whenever billy hamilton was up at the plate i'll instantly i'm like headphones on i'm like i'm locked in i wanted to hear what he was going to do because it was just it was like appointment watching or viewing listening whatever back in the day of course when he was you know coming up through the ranks so that's something I'll never forget, even though I know his major league career never turned out to be what we had hoped it would. He still just coming up through the minor leagues was insane to watch. Well, and maybe he'll have a second act as an extra inning specialist yeah. with the Cleveland Indians. It's always a fun day when I have Johnny Manziel quotes to share with you, and I will do it next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Expect heavy delays on I-70 eastbound at US-33. An injury crash involving a tanker leaves only the left lane open. Emergency crews on scene in this area. Traffic is stop and go for Miller. You might want to avoid this if you can. This traffic report is sponsored by Mattress Firm. As a President's Day sale at Mattress Firm, save up to $500 when you get a king bed for a queen price from brands like Sealy and Sleepies. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend $6.99 during the President's Day sale at Mattress Firm. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. Picture a sports talk show, but without all those pesky sports getting in the way. Back to Man and Bone. It is Tool of the Week Friday. You can send in your Twitter tools at Man and Bone 971. Johnny Manziel is back, Bone. He's going to be playing in the uh, fan-controlled football league, a new spring league. He's going to play for a team called the Zappers. Hmm. It's a four-team right. It's a four-team spring league. It's seven-on-seven football with a fifty-yard field and with games limited to one hour. So as long as we're playing real football here, and Johnny Manziel is going to be the starting quarterback for the Zappers. He had some media availability today to talk about this. Um, he said he he talked about how he hurt his hand because he was gambling on the Super Bowl. He says, I was jumping up and down and ended up punching the ceiling in the hotel room on accident. I got a little banged up from sports betting this weekend. He says, I was a little nervous. Well, do what you know what this? the bet was? Oh, the it, was bet, the coin to- it was the, the coin toss. The bet that he lost his mind over was the coin toss. The coin so- toss. He says, I was a little nervous when she flipped it and it didn't really rotate. But once it said heads, that's all that matters. <laughs> And so, he jumped up and was punching the ceiling. So mm-hmm. you might have a little bit too much invested if that's the reaction when uh, the coin flip goes your way. I don't know. Just just thinking out loud there. He was asked why, you know, 
a former first-round pick would be playing in this garbage semi-pro league, really. And he said, a big reason, I'm still a little bored. I've been playing golf five days a week, hanging with my boys and playing cards and running around Scottsdale, having a blast with a great group of friends I've acquired out there. But I don't have much of a schedule unless I create one, and I haven't really created one. He says, this isn't me trying to be a comeback redemption type of tour for me to go back and play football anymore moving forward. After I play here, I probably won't pick up a football again for another year, two, maybe even longer than that. This is just an opportunity that got presented to me to get around a bunch of good guys who I feel like will make some great business connections, and I'll have a lot of fun while I'm doing it. He also wanted to point out, Bone, because I know you're thinking about this, Mm -hmm. all right? because you're probably thinking the same thing that I was thinking when I saw that Johnny Manziel was making a comeback. Johnny, though, wants you to know he doesn't have any interest in the NFL. Oh, no. I would okay. I would also like to make the announcement that I don't have any interest in playing in the NFL <laughs> because the two of us have the same odds of being a starting quarterback in the National Football League. Yeah, that's that sounds about right. No, Johnny, uh look, I I know that there are there maybe are some thoughts from a few people that you know, it, there could be something he could salvage his career. It doesn't really matter if he wants to or not. You're right. There's there's no career to salvage. This is not a guy that is ever going to play a down in the NFL again. This league is is on its surface, I guess. The idea is kind of interesting. I guess what they're saying is you can go on and watch their Twitch stream, which is where these games will be. You can get on the Twitch, and then you can actually call the plays during the game. I, I think it's like, you know, crowdsourced more or less, where... You, pe- people can vote on whichever play they put up on the screen. They can vote on two or three options, and then they pick one, and then that's the play they're going to run. So it's not real, you know. It's not real football. It's fifty yards. It's an hour long. I'm sure that could be entertaining at some level. But uh, if you think that's going to somehow propel Johnny Manziel back, well, good news. He doesn't think it's going to do that, and nor should he. It does sound like whatever money he had from the family and whatever money he saved left over from when he played in the league. He's at least got some of it, because it doesn't sound like he's hurting for money right now. No, I was just going to say, because he is talking about his gambling exploits here, because he he was asked the question by media members, like, hey, man, you gamble a lot? And then he told some stories that I'll tell you in a second. But I got to tell you, Bone, it must be nice. Now, maybe I got it all wrong. Maybe Johnny Manziel is actually secretly responsible with his money where he he took his NFL money and he made some good business investments and he's like Shaq and he has like machines that cook hard-boiled eggs that he sells in Taiwan that we're not aware of, right? He's on like the home shopping network in Taiwan selling these egg cooking machines. Maybe he's got all this cash or it must be really nice for like grandpa to get drunk, pass out in a field, and wake up in a pile of oil, right? That must be really nice to have that sort of family money that just bails you out at every turn. So he was asked about his gambling. He said the most he's won was his first day in Cleveland after being selected by the Browns 22nd overall in the 2014 draft. He says he went to the Horseshoe Casino, which is now Jack Cleveland Casino, with Joe Hayden, then a corner for the Browns. He says, I won 200 grand playing craps, just learning how to play with Joe Hayden. So I've always been intrigued by the gambling. There's a responsible way to do it, and there's a way that gets a little bit reckless. But it's fun, and I'm a guy's guy when it comes down to it. 
asked about his biggest loss, he said he once dropped a hundred grand in Vegas. He said, I'd probably say overall I'm down. If I ever do win anything, I'll probably go out and take a trip or spend it pretty promptly. So it's not like it's going into the savings account. Mm, that's that's encouraging. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe he's saying that because he's got so much in the savings account that he doesn't need to. But I don't know. Th- these are things that might be termed warning signs. Like, might just want to file all these stories away for a 30 for 30 that comes down the road in, I don't know, 10 or 15 years when... He has no money, and maybe it's all run out. I don't know if it ever will, because like you said, there's there's family money there. But let's not forget that Johnny Manziel was a first-round pick, and the total amount of games he started in the NFL, that he, again, total amount of games he started in the league was eight. That's it. Not not Played in 14, started eight. That's how many games Johnny Manziel made it into. That is the legend of Johnny Manziel. It is mind-boggling to me that it was that big of a blow-up. He is, he is without a doubt, in my mind, as bad as there has ever been of a, a draft bust in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. And I was just looking at his career earnings in the NFL. He's made about $7.5 million his three seasons in the NFL. So, oh, good. So uh, well, hold that on was a about second. a million dollars for every touchdown he threw in the league. Y- yes, your joke for here. every interception that he threw in the league, too, because he had seven of each. But obviously, he didn't bank all that money. He had agents. He had representatives. He's paying them. He's paying Uncle Sam. Let's say, conservatively, he cleared $4 million bucks, which I'm sure it was less than that. But let's say it's $4 million he had. This is a guy, his first day in the first, league. First day in the league. Before even signing his contract, he's out gambling for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Do you honestly think that that money he made in the NFL is sustaining his current lifestyle? It I don't think be. that for a second. No, it can't be. So that, that's my point is I don't know how much family money there is, but it must be enough that you can live out in Scottsdale, play golf. Is it cheap to golf in Scottsdale, Mike? I don't think it is. Like to live out there, play golf every day, and then also be gambling a decent amount of money away. And then when... The what was the name of the league? The fan controlled football league calls yeah. you and says, Hey, can you come play here for probably virtually nothing? He's like, Yeah, sure, I can do that because I just need my schedule to be on point. I need to have something to do for a few weeks, not because he needs the money, clearly, wouldn't sound like. So, yeah, man, I, I don't know what that's like, but good for him. I guess that he has the money to do it. I did like that in this article, they made sure to mention multiple times that, like, yeah, it's all fun and games with him betting. Hey, by the way, don't forget, he uh, assaulted a woman and had to settle that, you know, in court and then go to anger management classes because uh, that's also Johnny Manziel. Let's not lose sight of that. That is part of a big problem with Johnny Manziel that you have to keep in mind. Uh, Al Washington staying to coach OSU linebackers instead of taking the Tennessee defensive coordinator job. And, you know, they... I wonder how this is going to go because he didn't get any sort of title bump after they convinced him to stay. If you were a betting man, which I know you are, and you're hanging out with Johnny Manziel in Scottsdale, right? how much money would you place on the fact that Al Washington, no doubt in 2022, will be co-defensive coordinator of this Buckeye team? Because I, I don't I think would, there's any way he stays put without that promise. I would think there's a, yeah, I would, I would bet he has a lot of incentive there to, to be back in that capacity. 
And I'm sure there's probably some consideration given that like, oh, and if for whatever reason we change our minds, like we know that we have all your contract will be good to just, you know, be completely vaporized so you can go wherever you want to. Like, I'm sure he was given some kind of easy out if this does not happen. But yeah, I would guess he's going to be co-defensive coordinator at least because uh, that's that's a big opportunity to pass up. Not that it is uh, bigger than maybe what you can get at Ohio State, but going from linebackers coach to coordinator of a you know SEC program that is a that's a big jump. I don't care who even you are, an SEC so. program in distress. You're right. Yeah, but it's still you you do that for a year or two, and then you can yeah, get you're right. You know, if you're really good at it, which I'm sure, how many of these guys think they're going to be bad at it? The answer is not many. If you think you're going to be good at it, even if your team's bad, but your defenses are really good, he'll get a better job offer or he'll get a head coach offer. So to put that on pause for a year when clearly you're trying to move your career up that way, it, it yeah, it seems to reason that there would be something promised to him for next year or down the road. Reichert Nissan fan poll, 971thefan.com. Who will be OSU's leading scorer tomorrow against the Hoosiers? EJ, Dwayne Washington, Justice Suing, or other? Who are you voting for, Bone? I'm going with EJ. I, I think it's hard to bet against him at this point. I know he has had a couple down games, but for the most part, over the last month and a half, he's been pretty nails, so that's where I'm going. This is a game that, of course, you should win. I, too, will go with EJ. He is the best player on that team. I think he was just named, for whatever it's worth, to the midseason watch list for Player of the Year, for National Player of the Year, which I don't think he'll win, but... You know, what does it say that he's being talked about in that light? You know, yeah. that's why the Buckeyes are the fourth ranked team in the country. Well, people are wondering how many, how many people are named to that list. It's about 30. So that means he, they think he's one of the top 30 players in college basketball and they're not wrong in that. Like I said, I think he's player of the year caliber. I just don't know if they'll be able to get that to him this year just because of the fact that it's it's kind of like he's come on in the second half of the season and put together some really good games. A lot of people should have been aware how good he is, but he has clearly taken steps. I think next year would be the year, assuming he is playing with Ohio State, next year would be when he would be getting all that preseason hype and everyone would be waiting to see what he can do. So, yeah, he's he's trying to style it, though, man, and, and we're lucky to have him. So I'm I'm glad to see he's getting some recognition. Buckeyes in Indiana tomorrow at noon, so that means Common Man and T-Bone weekend for your listening pleasure moves up an hour. We'll be on from 9 to 11 a.m. because Buckeye basketball pregame starts at 11. The Texans have a new addition to their front office. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. You're going to find some stop-and-go traffic on 71 southbound between 670 and I-70. Plan on some delays over there. And an accident involving an injury on South Ogden Avenue at West Broad Street. Traffic is backed up there as well. This traffic report is sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance, where you only pay for what you need. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance. Liberty Mutual customizes your insurance, so you only pay for what you need. Customize and save with Liberty Mutual Insurance. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. The radio home of inside jokes that may or may not become stickers for your car. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Let me tell you about my friends at Universal Windows Direct. Bone, are you missing the home and garden shows this year? Oh, you know I am. Yeah. Well, even though you're not going to be leaving your house to attend a show, Universal Windows Direct wants to bring that same experience directly to you in the comfort and safety 
of your home. They want to tell you about Unishield Windows. They want to tell you about their true lifetime warranty. And they want to save you some money. Right now, buy one window, get one window free, plus zero payments and zero interest for two whole years. Give them a call now. 614-502-5220 or click. Click. UniversalWindowsDirect.com. Tell them Brad Raffisberger sent you. Did you see <laughs> that we have impeachment proceedings uh-huh. going on yeah. today? And I saw that uh, one of Trump's lawyers accidentally referred to Georgia's Secretary of State, Brad Raffisberger, as Ben Raffisberger during, yes. during the trial, <laughs> which, right. yeah. which tickles me. Oh, sure. Because in I my mean, mind, then, if it's more like professional wrestling, then Ben Roethlisberger actually comes in the room. He bursts down the doors. <laughs> He's like, let me tell you who's here, not here right now. Georgia Secretary of State Ben Roethlisberger and Brad Raffensperger's waiting back like, he screwed the lineup. I can't go out there now. We got to get Big Ben out here. What happened? Mm-hmm. No music's ready. Yeah, it's not good. But we've all been there, Mike. We've all screwed up saying a person's name. We've gotten names Speak wrong on this show every day. I've never every screwed up. Day. Yeah. Never, ever. The Houston Texans are an odd bunch, and increasingly, NFL teams are odd. And I guess this started with the New England Patriots, because, you know, we hear all the time about the Patriot way, and, you know, they do things a certain way. Well, apparently, they're the ones who came up with the concept of a character coach. And Jack Easterby, who is the weird, is he officially the president of the Houston uh, Texans? I mean, yeah, he basically runns the team. The guy they hired, Nick Caseros, is the GM, is a guy he worked with in New England and was like a top front office guy in New England that that he was aware of, and now that's who Houston's hired. So it appears that like Houston is hiring a bunch of guys that Jack Easterby likes, but I, I'm trying to find his official title. I think it is either team president or well he's running the show jack easterby in houston and he has brought in his old buddy dylan thompson to be the character coach for the houston texans this is something the patriots started matt patricia tried to do it with the lions and we see how that worked out for him and now houston is trying to do this too here's what i find odd about this for a for a rough-and-tumble sport like the NFL, full of knuckle-draggers, they certainly try a lot of new-agey stuff, don't they? Like yeah, in my, they do. In my mind, it's almost like Yanni is playing in the offices. And <laughs> Have you seen the movie Bowfinger with Eddie Murphy and Steve yes. Martin? Yes, yeah, I'm aware of, yes. There is a, a there is a uh, There's a part of that movie where Eddie Murphy's character, who's a Hollywood celebrity, belongs to a cult called Mindhead, and they all just walk around offices with paper cone hats on, you know? Mm, okay. And that's what this reminds me of, that somehow we got, oh, NFL, tough, yeah! And then you walk into the front offices, and it's all a bunch of new-agey, like, Enya stuff playing, and they've got paper hats on their head, and the character coach comes in. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. So this character coach trend... It actually started in college athletics too, believe it or not. Like, so where Jack Easterby got his start, in case you're wondering, is he was on campus at South Carolina. He worked with like, uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, something like that. And the basketball coach at, at South Carolina at the time was a fan of some things he did at like a camp they had where they had a, you know, basketball camp and he just seemed to be grabbing people's attention and very good at interacting with different players and he said hey we need someone who can help our college athletes learn how to handle life 
beyond just the basketball court. We need you to help them with becoming better humans. And, you know, are you interested in doing that? And he said, yeah, I would be interested. And they worked something out where he became like a, a staffer for South Carolina basketball. And apparently everyone there really liked him and thought highly of him or most, most people did anyway. Um, but the guy who kind of helped him go further in his career was Eric Hyman, who was the athletic director at South Carolina from 2005 to 2012. Is it Heyman? No, it's it's Eric Hyman. Okay. H-Y-M-A-N. Well, you correct me all the time, so I I'm thought I'd correct you, you. Well, that's his name, Eric Hyman. So, all right. uh, but but anyway, this athletic director for South Carolina at the time, he really took to Jack Easterby, who would walk around the office, and among other things, what he would do, he would stop into the AD's office and hand him little cards that had wisdom splashes on it like uh outlook would be on the front and it would be a picture of like someone driving in a car looking out the front window and it would say let your outlook be primarily focused on what's in front of you and let your past experience only serve as a reference this ad apparently liked that so much he said he had over 20 of them that he had saved over the years of working with jack easterby and so like he has that kind of like, I can walk in and, and Vulcan mind meld you a little bit into thinking I'm this great guru of sorts. And that is where his, his position kind of was. Like he started doing that with this college program. Other colleges and universities started doing the same thing with their sports teams. And that became a thing. It's like, oh yeah, you have a culture coach. You have a, a guy who teaches all the players how to like live life off the court. I'm going to start court. doing this. This is going to be my new job. I want yeah. people to hire me. And I'm going to come in your office one day, and I'm going to hand you a card from the game Uno, okay? I'm going to hand you an Uno card, and you're going to say, what does this mean? And I'm going to say to you, you think about it today, and then you tell me what you it means. You tell me tomorrow what, I, what it is. And then I'm going to leave, and they'll come up with some BS thing, and I'll say, ah, Yes, and then I'm going to hand him a little cucumber, not a regular size cucumber, a, a little cucumber. cucumber yeah. And I'm going to say, see, why didn't I give you the big one? Why did I give you this little one? And you're going to say, I don't know. I'll think about it today. Think right. about it today, and I'll talk to you about it tomorrow. And then this continues every single day until I'm running the entire company. <laughs> right. It's like Dr. Phil meets Carrot Top. You have like a little inspiration, some props, and then suddenly you run an NFL team. Now, you might be saying, T-Bone, You've left out p- clearly a lot more of his history. There's got to be more than him handing little note cards to the AD at South Carolina. No, not really. And then, well, here's the thing. So the new coach came. They had a new basketball coach that was hired uh, sometime in, a few years after he got the gig. Uh, and and that guy was like, hey, you're, this is fine. We don't need this anymore. And so fired him or just said, yeah, we're, we're closing down this little program. We're done with it. So then he just kind of found his way to the NFL as a team chaplain with like the Jacksonville Jaguars and then eventually with the Patriots. And that is I've given you pretty much his entire history of how he got into the Patriots organization. And then from there he was somehow became a part of Bill Belichick's inner circle. And as such, he gained a lot of power, a lot of people looked up to him. He did a lot of good things. I mean a lot of the Patriots respected what he was doing and liked what he was doing. So when it came time to hire someone to come in and run the team, he was brought in not at first as like the team president or whatever. He was brought in as like vice president of culture and scouting and intensity or I don't know, some BS term. <laughs> but but vice it's like president that. of Where, intensity. No, they literally under Bill O'Brien, they said, all right, the coaches are going to be in charge of coaching. 
But then we need someone else who's in charge of strength and conditioning. Someone else who's in charge of the scouting department. Someone else who's in charge of, you know, the, 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 the culture of, yes, the, the organization. And they said, Jack Easterby, you can run all of those things. And so he did. That's what his job was. He went from elevated team chaplain with the Patriots to you run basically everything Bill O'Brien doesn't want to do. And of course, Bill O'Brien had a history with the Patriots too. So there, there's, you know, clearly some symmetry there. And that's then how after Bill O'Brien was fired and Jack Easterby, supposedly, if you read some articles about it, seemed like he had a hand in kind of undermining some things Bill O'Brien was doing. Now they've given control of the team over to him, more or less. Outside of Cal McNair, the owner, that's the next guy in line. And he's the one who was pushing for them to trade DeAndre Hopkins. He's the guy who is, you know, pushing for a lot of these organizational changes, coaching hires, GM hires, like... It is really odd, Mike, that this guy, and this is coming from NFL insiders who say that's not how this works. No one really knows how this guy went in 10 years from team chaplain of the Jags to running an NFL team. No one has any idea how this actually happened. I can just picture Cal McNair calls him in and says, hey, Jack, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, do I trade him? Do I keep him? What do I do? Jack says, well, I have your answer for you. And then he hands him a red Uno card. (laughs) What does this mean? What do you think it means? I think it means I should trade him. Well, then I guess you're right. He trades him a card that says, like, you know, pick four. And he's like, do you you think we can get four picks for him? It's like, yes, I think we can get four picks for him. That's what I'm saying to you. That's exactly right. Wild card. You can do anything you want. That's what I'm saying to you. I have devastating college basketball news to share with you coming up next. And now I can't think about anything other than during the draft this year, they're playing Jenga to figure out who they're going to, who they're going to pick in the draft. If the, if it doesn't tip over, we keep the pick. But if we tip it over, we're going to trade the pick away. Uh, common man and T-bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident on I-70 eastbound at US-33. This crash does involve a tanker. Traffic is stop and go from the 71 east split. Police and wrecker on scene, but plan on some stop and go traffic for at least another 40 minutes. This traffic report is sponsored by Wendy's. New to the Wendy's 2 for 5 lineup is their classic chicken sandwich. So go grab a 2 for 5 deal and pick two faves like a Dave's single spicy chicken sandwich, nugs, and now the classic chicken sandwich, two for just five bucks. Price and participation may vary, limited time only. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. Their collective IQ is lower than they think it are. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Common Man and T-Bone brought to you by Hinderer Motorsports here on The Fan. See, that's the key to success, Bone, is, is answering a question with a question. Because oh, of if you continue yes. to do that, then they'll keep you, the weak-minded people will keep you around. Cal McNair, owner of the Houston Texans, calls in Jack Easterby. Says, uh, Jack, I got a trade offer here for Deshaun Watson. Should we take it or should we hold on to him? Jack Easterby says to him, well, would you put a hotel on Baltic Avenue? And then just walks right out. <laughs> yeah, then walks yeah. right out. And then Cal's like, hmm. I, I think it's even, it's, even, it's even more dumb than that. Because I bet what he actually does is he goes, Cal, what's in your heart? What do you want to do? And just stares at him for a second. He's like, I, I want to take the deal. He's like, well, then that's what we're doing. 
That's mm-hmm. what that's what we're gonna do, buddy. And like make him feel good about it. And then Cal McNair's like, Hell yeah, we're taking this deal. I was so smart to do that. How great was that? Jack is such a great mentor. He has really helped us. And it's like you you made the call. Like you he just sat there and asked you a question. You said what you wanted to do and then he agreed with you. That you're right. Dude, if I had thought about that in my career, I am perfectly happy with what I do in my life. But if I knew that all you have to do is walk around with little stupid cards with sayings on them and occasionally just say quasi ridiculous things that have they're very vague and leading, but they kind of sound positive. If that's all it takes, and then suddenly you just get ramped up through organizations, dude, I, I could have been running the Browns by this time. If that's all it took, I, I should have been doing that instead of this. Cal, what do you think about? What's the first thing that you think about when you think about the state of Alabama? And he says, I, I, don't, I don't know. Football? Is and football? who coaches the most successful put football program in the state uh, of Alabama. Nick, Nick Saban? Nick Saban. What do you think Nick Saban would do in this situation? Think he'd stand pat and not make the deal? Or do you think he'd roll the dice, make the deal, because he's Nick Saban? Yeah, see, that's it. It's just you You put the question back on that person. They go, wow, think, you've opened my eyes. I never to thought of it that, that way. You're right. What would Nick Saban do? <laughs> <laughs> You just ask vague questions, and then people think you are like you're a thinker. You're smart. The answer is no. You don't really know what to do, but you're getting the powerful people who employ you to think about it more, and then they're impressed by you. God, that is so gross and manipulative. I hate that. And yet, that is apparently how the Texans are run: is by a guy who's done that. I, I do not understand it for the life of me. Cal, let me tell you a little story about a guy named Elvis Presley. Are you familiar with Elvis? <laughs> oh, yes, yes, I am. You're, you're Cal in this in I this forgot, scenario I forgot. Now. I'm playing Cal. Yes, I, I'm very familiar with Elvis Presley. Have you been to, to Graceland over at Memphis? Uh, in Memphis. Have I? Yes, yes, I have. Yeah, yeah yes, you've been I've, there. I've All been right. there, okay. Well, you know, once upon a time, you know, when Elvis first broke onto the scene, you know, he had a particular look to him, look that a lot of entertainers had in the 50s. You know, sort of like a slacks, button-down shirt sort of look to him. And Mm -hmm. that was considered risque for the time because of the way he moved his hips. And one day he said, you know what? I've been doing this look long enough. I'm going to put on a sequin jumpsuit. You think that was easy for Elvis to make that decision when everything was working so well for him with his previous look? No, it probably wasn't. It was probably difficult to do. He grew the mutton chops. Put on the sequin jumpsuit. So let me ask you, trading Deshaun Watson, is that your sequin jumpsuit? <laughs> Are you willing yeah. to take that risk? Yeah, I think I am. I thank you for enlightening me on that. You know the other thing that I just realized, too, that a, that a lot of these self-help gurus can do to make you think that they are smart when they're not is if you ask that question, Mike, and then whatever the answer is from the more powerful person, Right, like if he says, "Hey, do you think that was what? What do you think you should do?" And he goes, oh, "I think we should make the trade." And they go, "Interesting, mm-hmm. <laughs> interesting." And then they just lean yes. and go, "That is fascinating that you yeah, said that." That is interesting. Mm. And then they sit back and go, mm, and look up and around a little bit, like, "Wow, you've knocked me back. I need to process for a second. And they're waiting for you to say something else. And then you go, "Like, ah, see, yeah, you got it. Now you figured it out. That's the way the gurus work, my friends. So we should have just been gurus and just done this. We could go in, do this shtick. You could be like Uno card guy. I come in and just go interesting. And yeah, then we're we walk a out. Yeah, and then we get paid like 
thousands and thousands of dollars, and then we never see these people again. They fail miserably, and they go, you know what? That guy made me think. I'm going to recommend him to the next like idiot friend of mine who also has thousands of dollars to burn, and then I'll go talk to them. That's what we should have done. That's the racket we should have gotten into. I have some devastating college basketball news for you. Are you sitting down? I'm I know gonna, you yes, are, but just everybody else sitting. out there, I hope you're sitting down because the collegeinsider.com postseason tournament, also known as the CIT, has been canceled for the 2021 season because of the pandemic. Now, it was canceled last year as well. So to find our latest CIT champion, we have to go back to 2019. When everybody remembers the epic battle between Marshall and Green Bay to win the kit, as they call it in the business, the CIT. Is that Green Bay of Wisconsin, Mike? Is that who they play? Yes, that's right. Oh, good. I'm glad we clarified yeah. which Green Bay it was. Okay. As that's opposed good. to Green Bay of Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly how that works. Yeah, it's Green Bay of Wisconsin. Don't get it confused with any other Green Bays that are out there. Well, anyway, that was... Uh, they said... Uh, here's, the, here's the comment from them. I'm sorry, I'm stupid now. It's okay. Due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, there will be no collegeinsider.com postseason tournament in 2021. The safety and welfare of student-athletes, coaches, administrators, and fans is paramount. Therefore, we believe it is prudent to not hold our event this season. This was an easy decision because this tournament loses millions of dollars every single year. Thank you. Yeah. Go figure. I yeah, I'm not really going to miss this tournament. I'm guessing there are some people who care. Is it kind of depressing if you work for this tournament and or you do anything involved with it and you make the announcement and most people just go, "Meh, all right, I, that's one less thing I have to worry about watching." Like I don't, I don't know that many people. I don't are think miss that was televised, Bone. You don't have to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't on TV. It was well. Then, then what did they do with it? They didn't do anything with it. They just put it on probably on their website, right? Yeah, you said there probably, was a website. You could probably stream it on the website. All right, and then uh, for like a hundred people, they might have checked into that, and otherwise, no one cared. So fantastic. Here's some news for you. The Clippers and the Indians have extended their partnership for ten years. The Clippers will now be playing in the newly formed AAA East. They realigned and reimagined what minor league baseball looks like. Major league baseball did. And so now it's going to be a 120-team system. The Clippers are still a AAA team. They're playing in this AAA East. They're still going to have their affiliation with the Indians. So very little changes there. You know, I will say that, you know, we're still knee-deep in this, and I hope there's some light at the end of the tunnel. But one of the things that I, I think would be fantastic is at some point this season finding a way to have a normal minor league baseball season. Because these teams are so important to the local areas. You can even argue they're more important than a major league team because, you know, major league teams you can still watch on TV, right? You can still watch on TV. You can still enjoy the game from that aspect. But these minor league teams make all of their money from fans coming in and seeing them. And a lot of these markets have built brand new downtown ballparks, which have been shuttered for many, many months. And it would be great to get people back in that area going to watch baseball. Yeah, I agree. I hope that uh, that is able to happen. I don't think that's, and I know you know this too, I don't think that's a high priority for Major League Baseball right now is to get minor league baseball back. They're still trying to focus on getting their own stuff of course. You know, fixed. but. 
you're right. It would be great to have minor league baseball back for a variety of reasons. I am glad at least there's some level of commitment to keeping the system around because, as you know, there have been talks in the last year of maybe you just don't do minor league baseball anymore. I'm glad that I'm glad that's not where it ended up because it, it would be a shame to lose that. I think it's great that we have it. It's so important, and and yeah, they could, they could, you know, they already have these elaborate facilities, but they could build even bigger training facilities in Florida and Arizona, and have all their work down there. Every organization has their own little area, and they don't have to play minor league baseball. But it's so important to these local markets, and I hope that's something that never goes away. Degenerate T Bone is next. Common Man and T Bone on the fan. Fan traffic from the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident blocking the shoulder of I-70 westbound after Miller. Police on scene in this area trying to get things clear, but plan on some slowdowns as traffic continues to build. This traffic report is sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance, where you only pay for what you need. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance. Liberty Mutual customizes your insurance, so you only pay for what you need. Customize and save with Liberty Mutual Insurance. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. And from every dime a dog night in the Midwest, here's Man and Bone. Oh, I hope we can get back to that soon. I hope we can get back to good, hard-working Americans going to a baseball game and ingesting 4,000 calories worth of hot dogs that cost a dime. Yeah. You know, you're, you're talking about minor league baseball there. It just reminded me how much... And I, I've taken it for granted because, you know, we've had the Clippers all throughout my life living here and, you know, whether it was at Cooper Stadium or now obviously at Huntington Park, but just the, the ability to go to that second deck bar that they have out in the outfield mm-hmm. where it's covered, that's kind of inside, but they always open up those garage doors. You've got tables that can sit out, look out over the entire field. There's a bar right there. There's food. And then you could just sit there, drink beer, watch the game, What's the problem? Like, I, I haven't done that enough. And then, yeah, on a dollar or a dime a dog night, it's even better. I got like, that is going to be on my checklist of things. Once everything gets back and we're, we're living normal life again or whatever that looks like. That's one of the first things I'm doing is going to a dime a dog night and just sitting there all night watching baseball and having not a care in the world. I'm with you, buddy. Um, uh... That's that's minor league baseball. The the baseball is almost secondary. They have a job to do on the field, and their job is to get the stars of tomorrow ready to play. But our job is to kind of watch the game, have a beer, have some conversation, have a dog, and enjoy a day or an evening away. That's yeah, that's, that's what minor league baseball is, and that's why it's fantastic. Degenerate T Bone, let's do it. Common man and T Bones. T-Bone. T-Bone. T-Bone's Picks for the Weekend. Sponsored by Ohio Health. Bringing care closer to you with more hospitals and care sites in more places. Bone. All right, man. We are going to uh, talk today about one of the greatest gambling events in the sports calendar. I don't think it is appreciated enough about how much fun this can be. The Daytona 500 is Sunday. And you know I love racing. You know I love NASCAR. But let me tell you something right now. I wouldn't say this for every NASCAR race. In fact, I wouldn't say this for most auto races. You know, as you know, watching Formula One, before they even start the race, you pretty much know who's going to be one or two of the best cars every week, right? You have an idea when you watch Formula One, a lot of other forms of racing. These are the three or four cars that probably have the best shot to win. I will tell you right now, the Daytona 500, you can watch every bit of news coverage on it. You can watch every NASCAR on Fox thing that they've got this weekend. 
No one has any idea who the hell is going to win this race because it is so chaotic. It's 40 cars stacked up a second apart from each other for 200 laps. And they are, yeah, 250 laps, whatever it is. And they are going to, at some point, have a humongous wreck that wipes out half the field. And guys from the back who should have no chance in most NASCAR races will be in the top five with everything to win. So let me give you some betting opportunities to go down the list here, all right? All right, let's go. The favorite to win this race, because like I said, no one knows who's going to win, except there, there are guys who are usually pretty good in this. Denny Hamlin is going to be the favorite. He's the number 11 FedEx car. It's purple. It's white. Uh, he has won the last two in a row and is going for three in a row, which would be unprecedented. He has also won three of the last five. So if you are looking for the favorite, he is 8-1 to one odds. That is as close as you get to a favorite, is 8-1 to one odds to win this race, okay? Um, another car that I think you should keep an eye on if you're looking for a favorite is Brad Keselowski, the number two car. It is always fast. He usually the Penske owned cars, which is what he that's the team he drives for. They are usually good on these big tracks where you need a big motor. He's really good there. Twelve plus twelve hundred there. You're twelve to one odds. But the guy I would pick out of the favorites category to win this race, and I think the best value of all the known favorites is going to be Kevin Harvick, number four car. It's a Ford Stewart Haas Racing. It's the Bush car, if you've seen that. Kevin Harvick, he is going to be a guy that I think is going to be right there at the end. He was in the duels last night, and after the race was over, he said, the car is great, I've got nothing else to say, see you Sunday. That guy has been in the sport for 20 years. He knows when he has a fast race car. He is convinced they've got a fast one, and he looked fast last night. So I think Kevin Harvick's got a lot there. 14 to 1 odds. That would be my pick if you're looking for underdog. a safer bet. Stop I've, with got the a, I've got a few. Here's here's where we go. By the way, if you bet on Kevin Harvick to win, $20 wager would win you $280. That's pretty good, right? Now let's go to Christopher Bell. Dirt track expert. He is driving for Gibbs. Gibbs is one of the most powerful teams in NASCAR. He is in like one of the lesser rides there. He's a newer driver in that, in that uh, organization. But same type of power that Denny Hamlin's going to have, who I said is a favorite to win this race. Those cars were all fast last night. Watched them in the duels. He will be there at 33 to 1 odds. If you bet $20 on him, $660 is what you get back. But that I can do better than that, Mike. I can do better than that. How about a guy named Daniel Suarez? Daniel Suarez has been in the sport for a long time. He had a ride at Gibbs. He lost that ride. He's bounced around the last few years. He just got a, a new ride with this group that is called Trackhouse. It's owned by a former road racing guy and rapper Pitbull. Yes, Dale, Pitbull, that guy. He has brought a lot of money into this team. People think they're kind of like a backmarker team, but they've got good power. They're running Hendrick Motors, and they've got their cars prepared by Chip Ganassi Racing, so they know what they're doing when it comes to the car preparation. The engine's going to be solid. Daniel Suarez has been around this track. He knows how to keep the nose clean. 66 to 1 odds, Mike, on Daniel Suarez. And last night, he was right there at the end, sniffing a victory. Couldn't quite get there, but he'll be a factor in this race if he can stay out of trouble. $20 on Daniel Suarez nets you $1,320. And Sounds Mike, pretty good. I drove to Indiana last weekend. Mm-hmm. I placed a bet of my own money. Let me just tell you, if Daniel Suarez wins this race... Thousands of dollars are coming my way because that was the long shot bet I made when I was in Indiana legally gambling on the Daytona 500. 
So I've, I'm ready for it. But that's I'm not just telling you that as like maybe this could happen. I'm saying that's who I went after and targeted for a you know nice upset pick. So Daniel Suarez, good luck, buddy. You're my guy. If you've missed anything from the first two hours of the program, we got you covered with the rundown. Coming up, Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. An injury crash involving a tanker now in the clearing stages on I-70 eastbound at US-33. Only the right lane is blocked now, but traffic is still stop and go from the 71 east split as the police and heavy wrecker on scene get things clear. This traffic report is sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance, where you only pay for what you need. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance. Liberty Mutual customizes your insurance, so you only pay for what you need. Customize and save with Liberty Mutual Insurance. Only on a with fan traffic. Comcasting live from the Tacoma Dome, here's Man and Bone. Happy Friday. It's Tool of the Week Friday. You can send in your Twitter tools at Man and Bone 971. Well, you uh, know what else it is today, Mike? What is it? Something that we have not talked about all day long. What? It's a happy birthday to oh, that's not, right. not the man who is the defensive coordinator for Michigan, but the real, the one, the only. Michael McDonald, the soulful pruner. How old is he? Would you believe it if I told you, Mike? Today he is 69, 69. years old. Nice. My guy. Your guy? Yeah, I like some Michael McDonald. I'm not gonna I'm not opposed to it. I think uh yeah. Can't get down with this. This baby making music. I'm telling you. What's wrong with this? Who's having a problem that this comes on? No I'm, one. Nothing. I'm saying you put this on tonight. Baby number four is coming. Vasectomy or not. The vasectomy just undoes itself. And is oh, like, sorry. Vasectomy, here's this. It fuses back together. Mm-hmm. Right. So we wish him a happy birthday. Mm-hmm. And I, I look for more opportunities to play his music on this program, not less. I don't care. Maybe he is the the godfather of yacht rock. Maybe he is just the man who will make a thousand babies a night. I don't know, but that's right. An established career. Love it. See, when I think of yacht rock, I don't think of Michael McDonald. Well, he's he's known I as being of, one of the purveyors of it, whether or fine, not you think of it. But I think of like Christopher Cross as that's yacht rock. A, all right, that's fair. But I'm just saying, like Michael McDonald, soulful in many ways, and I am a fan. So, oh yeah, he did a lot of uh, like Motown remakes and stuff. Yes, he did, and I am a big fan of those as well. So, Teddy, do we have any Christopher Cross in the Dead? We should have that's like a, some. Oh man, come on! I gotta, I got all my Michael McDonald ready, and I gotta get right, Christopher he was Cross already with. He was already with Ted. <laughs> Can you, By can the way, you I, answer me? Just tell you, this is what I tell my wife all the time. If you have nothing to say, <laughs> just say go to hell and I'll move on. Yeah. That's all I want. I'm trying to search He's for, it. I'm, for it. Yeah, I, don't, I will tell I don't you know this. any of the songs, so I'm just trying to see if... Sailing. I'm, okay. Here's something that happened today. I mentioned to my wife, hey, it's Michael McDonald's birthday, and she said, who's that? And I said... Are you married to Evil Bald Colin? <laughs> I said... Number one, we have three children. I'm quite sure at some point Michael McDonald has made it on a playlist or two. I'm just, at some point, you may have been moved by Michael McDonald. She's like, well, I don't know. And then, I, then of course, I play a couple songs. She's like, oh, I know this one. Oh, I know this one. Oh, I know this one. And I'm like, how, do you, how are you not aware of what Michael McDonald is by name? I don't know. I was, I, was, I was shocked that she didn't know that. What are we doing here? Yacht Rock? 
Here's one. <laughs> that's Come that's, on, the, name best, that that's the best DJ I've ever heard. I don't I don't know this one. Ride like At least the not wind. Yet. What is it? Ride like the oh, wind. Oh, ride like the wind. Yeah. Ride like the wind. All right. Crank it up. I want to hear this. Man, we got a lot of listeners Thank now. Ted, make sure you jump on that F word when you <laughs> coming yeah, up here. This, this song gets blue in a hurry. That's enough. Thank you. All right. But that's not his birthday. It's Michael McDonald's. No, birthday. it's not his birthday. That's a different day entirely. <laughs> it's not Christopher Cross's birthday. <laughs> a boatload of happy birthdays to you, but not a goat load, Michael McDonald. That's a different thing entirely as well. Uh, what is it? Rundown. Let's do it, Teddy. Common Man and T Bones. The Rundown. The Rundown. You know, somebody asked, why do you always ask yourself questions out loud? Because I need a minute to compose myself, and it allows. <laughs> It allows me to think yeah. of the words. That's why. Of course. Here we go. You can't see it, but my jeans oh. just exploded off my body. You know what? This is great. Just keep the podcast ready. It's Valentine's Day weekend. Of course Michael McDonald was born right around Valentine's Day. got the chops man let that man Hi. work let him no not those chops not those chops he's got the baby making chops way to go good mm-hmm. for you i mean this is it is soulful but i mean it's no barry white right well no i didn't say it was i'm just it's not look it's not like today Paul is whispering <laughs> sweet nothings in your ear no but today is michael mcdonald's birthday and it's his 69th birthday and I keep forgetting when his birthday is, so I want to celebrate it. That's all I'm saying. I just want to make sure we we take a moment there to stop and pause and appreciate the greatness. That's all. all right. When it's we time for Barry stop. White, we'll do that. We should stop and pause and recognize the greatness that was the Blue Jackets last night with a wild win in Chicago. Six to five, the final. I thought they were dead in that game. Two late goals in the third period. How about Jack Roslevic? My guy. He was terrific again. Cam is starting to play better. Sloppy defense in front of Corpy last night. He was showing his temper a little bit, especially after that third goal. But you got yourself two big points, and hopefully it's win number three in a row tomorrow night in Chicago. Yeah, let's hope so, man, because if they can keep scoring the puck like this, you're right. Roslovic was great. Uh, if you just keep shooting the puck at the net, it seems like good things happen when you do that. And, you know, there's uh, good stuff from Cam last night. It's uh, It's good to see that... There's a you know positive impact from having now Patrick Line on the team and him being able to kind of take on some of the other good defenders on these opposing defenses. Great. This is going to free up space for everyone and it's going to help you know there be more opportunities. So Cam Atkinson stepping up, having a good game. I hope for more of it. But if they can keep scoring at a reasonable clip, they're probably not going to score six goals a game. But if they could you know get three or four goals a night, I'd feel pretty good about the chances the Jackets have. Hopefully the defense gets back to being what it was. I know obviously you've got some injuries there right now. That's precluding that and making that a little bit tougher, but Jackets getting this type of scoring with minute with like a reasonable defense, they could go pretty far. 
All right, I'm stopping this segment right in its tracks. Teddy, I want Ride Like the Wind again. I want you to give me the chorus of Ride Like the Wind by Christopher Cross because my buddy, Joe Tardy, who knows everything about everything, okay, most of the time meaningless stuff, has told me that in that Christopher Cross song, Ride Like the Wind, Michael McDonald is actually singing on that song with him. I thought I heard that in the yeah. I thought in the background, I because Michael McDonald would sing background on a lot of songs. Yes, I, and apparently I was that's pretty sure one that's, of the songs unbeknownst yeah. to us. Well, I was listening to it thinking that that sounds like Michael McDonald right there, but I wasn't sure. So yes, let's play it, Teddy. Let's hear it. Teddy's but he has to wait for me to find it. All right, okay. You just had it, right? Just play it again, because the part we were listening to, I swear to you, I heard it in the part we were listening to. Just go like 10 or 15 seconds in, and we'll get it. We'll be there. Or or we won't. Or we'll just we'll sit here. I'm, gonna, I'm taking this all the way to the Hamptons. <laughs> yes. I love it. I'm this going all the way. I'm just sitting here. All right, here we go. All right, we'll just start from the beginning. <laughs> Why... Why cue it up? <laughs> That's so mad. Hey, before we get to the chorus. Yeah, go ahead. Let me tell you, the Texans are releasing J.J. Watt per his request. Mm-hmm. This was something that was probably going to happen anyway because J.J. Watt is not a $17.5 million player anymore. He wants to go someplace else and win. There wasn't a, a, really any trade market for a guy making that type of cash, so... The Texans did what they were supposed to do, and J.J. Watt did what he was supposed to do. Want to get out of there and go play for a winner. All right, knock it off. Let's listen to this, because I think you're going to hear Michael McDonald in just a moment. Crank it up. What are the odds that we, I just pull a random song out of my ass and Michael McDonald is singing background on it? Let me again point out to you, I said Michael McDonald is the king of Yacht Rock, and you said, eh, I don't really know about that. And then you picked a random song that you You're thought right. was a good example, exactly and right. Michael McDonald is on that song. You so again, sailing, exactly actually, right. so you're not right. I found the ride like the wind. You said sailing. <laughs> well, that's fine, but he picked an artist, and you picked a song, and yes. it just so happened to have Michael McDonald on it. Why so. are the three of us arguing about this? Michael McDonald is a genius. Happy birthday, sir. Happy 69th birthday. Now let's put on Steely Dan's Peg because he sings background on that one, too. <laughs> he sings on a lot of them. I know. He's everywhere. He's got a ton of great How hits. How much money do you think he has? I don't know. I'm going to say uh, conservatively, like... Uh, High double-digit millions. So between like 50 and 70 million, that's where I'm All right, I'm looking them up. Let's see what Google has to say. All right, I'm sure that won't be inaccurate at all. Google says 50. You were right on. Me and Michael McDonald, we're vibing, man. That's all I can tell you. On the same wavelength here. He looks like somebody. And don't say he looks like Michael McDonald. What do you mean he looks like somebody? Like he looks like a lookalike that I can't place right now. There's a, well, at least in his, when he had like a darker beard, like we had the little goatee, there's a little bit of like if Sam Elliott had a goatee, there's a little yeah, bit of I that can, going Yeah, I can on. see that, but. There's a little Kevin Nash in there too, I think, is maybe what you're thinking. At least some of the pictures I've seen. I don't see Kevin Nash. I, I got to say you the picture that I'm looking at, because there's a picture that I've got right here. It looks like Kevin Nash in somebody. 
got to be the right era. Because, I mean, young Michael McDonald, no. There he is again. Okay, we've lost everybody now. We don't have any listeners left. What are you talking about? We have got people who are just like, I don't even know why, but my nether regions have just told me I need to turn the radio on. I don't even know what's going on. Am I listening to Light FM? No. Well, I mean, depending on the year, if you go back in time, maybe. But uh, no, you're listening to us. Play Michael McDonald. Happy birthday to us and him. All right, let's end this madness. I don't think so. Common Man and T-Bones, The Rundown. The Rundown. Bone is going to tell you about a professional sports team that's in major financial trouble coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. Watch out for a serious accident on 71 southbound after Frank Road. This accident is blocking three lanes. Traffic is stop and go from Greenlawn Avenue. This is an injury crash with emergency crews on scene. Please be cautious and watch out for those crews. This traffic report is sponsored by Staples Stores. Staples is everything you need, like furniture at amazing prices. Now at Staples, select chairs are 40% off. Plus, when you buy any any office chair, get 25% off all desks, file cabinets, chair mats, bookcases, and lighting. In-store only, offer ends on the 27th while supplies last. Staples. On the NRA with fan traffic. Good. Just a couple of guys touching rim and sucking on breath mints. This is Man and Bone. Tool of the Week is coming up at 534. Send in your Twitter tools now at Man and Bone971. We were talking about this earlier. Urban Meyer hiring Chris Doyle to his staff. Chris Doyle was the strength and conditioning coach at Iowa who was dismissed because of uh, mistreatment of players, specifically black players, saying there was a problem with the culture there. And Urban, you know, vouching for this guy, saying, I've known him for a long time, I vetted him, and he has some questions to answer about this. To me, it wouldn't be worth it. I guess to Urban it is. But I saw this afternoon the Fritz Pollard Institute, which is sort of the diversity watch, watchdog for the NFL. They had a pretty strong statement on this hire. They said, at a time when the NFL has failed to solve its problem with racial hiring practices, it's simply unacceptable to welcome Chris Doyle into the ranks of NFL coaches. Doyle's departure from the University of Iowa reflected a tenure riddled with poor judgment and mistreatment of black players. His conduct should be just as disqualifying for the NFL as it was for the University of Iowa. Urban Meyer's statement, I've known Chris for close to 20 years, reflects the good old boy network that is precisely the reason there is such a disparity disparity in unemployment opportunities for black coaches. So this is the Fritz Pollard Institute today. Yeah. I mean, this I mean, is, look, this is pretty, it's pretty bad, right? I mean, this is what you said earlier and we, we both agreed on. This is not the type of problem I would think a first year coach in the NFL would willingly just say, yeah, I'm, I'm good to take these problems on. Why? What, in what world does that make sense to try to bring him in? He can't be that good of a strength coach or whatever. You already have a strength coach. Anthony Schlegel's there as your strength coach. Right, right. He can't be that good of whatever you think he is that the second best guy on your list without any of those issues couldn't also have gotten a call. It just well, makes that, no that's, sense. That's my thing. Maybe in, in Urban Meyer's mind, Chris Doyle is the difference between ultimate success and failure in the NFL. I can't believe that's true, though. 
and I would move on to the second name on my list to avoid all of this. And maybe Urban didn't feel like he would get any pushback on this because, quite frankly, he would do things in the past and nobody questioned him on it. It's a different story now. Yeah, it's different. I, you know, and we talked about it with Jack Easterby, like what that what that hire was. You know, as far as the the terminology that's used in these NFL front offices. Chris Doyle was hired as like a performance director of sports performance, right? I wonder how much of that has to do with actual physical lifting of weights and all of that stuff. And how much of that has to do with all the other things we talked about, you know, where guys are hired to not just make it about getting into the best shape of your life physically, but mentally being ready to go and play this game and and being healthy and all that stuff in all aspects. And if that is what his job is, it's even more mystifying that this is the guy you would hire, a guy who was known for the culture problems at Iowa. So if he's your culture guy, yikes, that's terrible. I don't know why you would do that. Well, they, they, he hired, um, what's his name, from Ohio State, I assume to be the culture guy. Ryan Stamper, yeah. Right, Ryan Stamper, who was in charge of real-life Wednesdays and stuff like that. So, All right, well, that's you know, who, who that, the hell knows? Be, I don't yeah. know. But I, I just... I find it hard to believe that he predicted this type of headache when he made the call, but now he has one. There is a, a professional sports team out there dealing with a different type of headache, a financial headache. Bone, when you told me how much money this team spends on payroll every single year, I almost passed out. Yeah, I, I had no idea. And obviously, I watch soccer. I, I follow the sport quite a bit, but... Most people, I think, are aware of Barcelona. That is where Lionel Messi plays, the best player, perhaps in the history of the game. Certainly, you know, between him and Cristiano Ronaldo, the best two players alive right now. But Lionel Messi uh, cost them a lot of money. And we talked about that last week, about how he was making like 160-some million dollars over the course of one year, a four-year contract worth 600-plus million dollars. Well, that's not the only large contract that they've had. Barcelona is weird because they are the only team in professional sports that every year makes at least a billion dollars. And I did say B with a billion with a B. Like that's how much they bring in as far as revenue. However, that's not, that's not profit though. That's revenue. That's, but still no other team even brings in a billion dollars a sure, year. That's, it's an, it's an immense amount of money they bring in. The problem is they have high expectations. They have a lot of players who have been like homegrown kind of players, came up through their uh, their uh, academy system, and they don't want to lose these players because they've helped them win multiple Champions Leagues. They've been one of the best teams in the world. So now all those players are also worth hundreds of millions of dollars. They all have giant contracts. The annual salary for uh, for Barcelona this year, the annual bill is $771 million. Oh, just on player payroll! Again, the NFL salary cap is what, like $170, $180 million? Uh, you know, Major League Baseball team salaries are usually never more than... 350 in a year. I mean, I think that's even being never. Dodgers are number one now, and I think they're at 250. Okay. So not even, yeah, I was way off. So like, so just to give you an idea of how, how much we're talking here. And again, soccer rosters are largely, they're similar to major league baseball rosters. There's, you know, 26 guys that play 
uh, a, a role in our on the senior team. I know in baseball there's a 40 man roster, but you're talking about similar numbers to that. And 771 million dollars is what they're paying this year. The problem is they haven't had fans. They can't give tours of their stadium, which, believe it or not, is one of the top tourist attractions in all of Spain. Uh, and so these are things that have cut into their budget. They have they have lost a lot of money this year. They say they will lose half a billion dollars this year, and that actually seems to make a little bit more sense because think about how much they're paying, $771 million, and they don't have the same revenues coming in. So they are now in pretty dire straits financially where all their creditors know that they are going to have to take out loans. Everyone is going to charge them high interest rates. And they really don't know how they're going to make this money back until they can, you know, open back up and have fans in the stands and do those type of things. But I am just, I'm just knocked on my ass by the figure that a billion dollars is what they bring in every year. And yet they are struggling financially. That is, that is the height of ridiculousness. Is it's, it not? It's astonishing to me that you have a, the one single team is on pace to lose half a billion dollars. One team. Yes. Where and the entirety of Major League Soccer has come out and said, yeah, all of our teams collectively lost about a billion dollars. And we we cast a lot of doubt on that particular valuation. I'll give you an example of how this worked out for them a few years ago where they had a player named Neymar who was one of the most valuable players in the world, uh, developed by them. Great player, right? And so they ended up being... They sold him uh, because he wanted out. He went to uh, Paris Saint-Germain in France. He played for a team in Paris. They paid Barcelona $220 million for the transfer fee. That's a lot of money coming in, right? $220 million. The problem was when they lost him, their fan base, of course, they've won a lot of games. Their fan base said, well, we expect to win more games. So they had to go out and find other players. And all the other teams around Europe knew, well, you need to start a player, and there's not a lot of time left, and you've got a lot of money. So they all jacked up the price. To one point, Ousmane Dembele, who was one of the best players in France, they went out to get him. They said, we're not going to spend more than $100 million for him. $96 million is what they said they thought he was worth, which is an insane amount of money. They got into the meeting with the team. Actually, it was Borussia Dortmund was who they were negotiating with out of Germany. And their their ownership and their group said, yeah, we'll take $193 million for him. A hundred million more than they wanted to pay. And they said, well, uh, we the need the player. It. And they paid it. Yes. Right. And this is, this is how they went into such debt is they spent a lot. They assumed the money would always come in. COVID hit. Now the money's not coming in and they still owe all these players all this money and they don't know how they're going to get out of it. Tool of the week is coming up next. Send in your Twitter tools now at Man and Bone 971. The best Twitter tool gets a $50 Lion's Den gift card. Valentine's Day is coming up. Visit lionsden.com for that perfect gift idea to celebrate this day of love. Tool of the week is next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. Watch out for an accident blocking three lanes of 71 southbound after Frank Frank Road. This injury crash leaves only the right lane open with emergency crews on scene. Plan on some heavy slowdowns for at least another half an hour. This traffic report is sponsored by CoinFlip. CoinFlip is the world's leading Bitcoin ATM operator. CoinFlip makes buying Bitcoin so flippin' easy. Find your nearest CoinFlip ATM at CoinFlip.tech. Use promo code CoinFlip2021 for 15% off fees on your first transaction. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Common Man and T-Bone present Tool of the Week. Sponsored by the Lion's Den. You can send us Twitter tools at Man and Bone 971. Bone, are you ready? 
I am ready. Let's do it. Uh, the best Twitter tool gets a gift certificate to the Lions Den. Seth R. Donahue says Matthew Barry is my tool of the week. I don't understand this comparison. And then he shows me a Matthew Barry tweet that says LeBron James' current free throw percentage 71.2%. Tom Brady career win percentage in the playoffs 75.6%. Brady okay. is more likely to win a playoff game than LeBron is to make a free throw this year. Insanity. That is quite stupid. I, mean, I don't it's Well, I mean I think it's it, <laughs> I think that's just trying to say that, like, you know, Tom Brady is fairly successful in the playoffs. Maybe it's a little ham-fisted, but all right. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Matthew Berry, tool. I agree. Uh, Sam Hargett says, My tool of the week is the weekend because of the amount of memes he produced provided constant entertainment. Well, if you were entertained by him, then he shouldn't be your tool of the week, right? Mm. Yeah, well, that maybe he was doing, like, a positive tool, like you've done with positive yikes. Maybe that was the idea. Yeah, that's the same thing, Matthew Berry. John Rhodes says, my guys. Paul, good afternoon. My tool of the week are my saloon-style doors in my kitchen. Based off yesterday's conversation, I'll never look at them the same way again. Well, my local video store couldn't have been the only video store that had those squeaky saloon-style doors that led into the porn section. Well, the other thing we didn't talk about yesterday, but I was thinking about it last night... You know, if you were trying to make doors that would keep minors out of the area where the 18 and older stuff is, perhaps you don't pick something that the bottom of the door is four feet off the floor. You know what I mean? Like, wouldn't a kid just be able to walk right under those and go into there if they wanted to? Didn't make a lot of sense to me back then, but uh, sure, I guess. If those are in your kitchen, man, now you know. Now you got to put some porn in the other room. Tyler Ponder says, Tom Brady is my tool of the week, not because he won or got sauce at the after party, but because he flung the Lombardi with the nonchalance as if it were a common Frisbee. Pluck it in the ocean? No big deal. I'll just go win another one next year. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, I don't think he's, like, a bad person for doing that. I have many other reasons why I don't like him. But, you know, it's like all of that city is like, this is our biggest thing that's ever happened to our franchise. You know, we've won Super Bowl before, but... To win another one, this is up there with the greatest moments in our franchise history. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to chuck the thing that ceremonializes that and memorializes that. I'm going to just chuck it across a you know giant bay and hope it doesn't fall in the water. I don't know. That's a little weird. Lord Fartbox says, my guys. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I, with the, no, no. I'm, and and, and what, I, what I was, and I don't know, but I, I, I love Doug Gottlieb. <laughs> He says, my tool of the week is you guys for never bringing back bad quarterback madness. I was 12 or so when you guys did it, and it was endlessly entertaining. Wow. Now, I have to say, I, I, I was watching an episode of Ellen's show probably a couple years ago. It was when they announced, for some reason, they were coming back to do a Mad About You reboot with Paul Reiser and Helen Hunt, right? Yeah. And so they were both on the couch talking to Ellen. And they brought up the fact that Ellen did a guest spot on Mad About You, the original series back in the day. And Ellen told both of them, I honestly do not remember doing this at all. <laughs> and, I, and I will tell you guys, I don't remember bad quarterback madness. I remember that. It was like a, it was like a March Madness-style tournament. I want to say we did it during March Madness. And Ken Dorsey was like your 
number one. They were like number one seeds, and I think people okay. voted on all it. Right. Well, we should do it again because I don't least, remember it at all. I don't know if we even I because I kind of I remember being confused by the initial plot of it because I think I thought we were going to take votes on it, and then you were like, "No, we're just going to discuss these guys, and we're going to pick who the worst one was, and they're going to advance." And I said, "Oh, so we're not taking votes?" And you said, "Yeah." And then I remember saying, "Well, I don't understand how this works, so I'll just yeah." And then I was so that's maybe why we didn't do it again. I don't know. Uh, BG says, my guys ran over him like a Dodge over a rooster. My tools of the week are the people who drive in the snow with their hazards flashing, driving 20 miles an hour on 270 with no lanes visible. We know it's hazardous. Hazardous. Uh, Nick G says, my tool of the week is common man. He acted like it was so painful to hear T-Bone talk about crew slash Champions League slash <laughs> FIFA World Cup. And five seconds later, he rambles on gleefully about NFL TV contracts and Super Bowl ad revenue. Snooze. Agreed. Agreed. Good job, Nick G. Just take it, common man. That's mm-hmm. right. Uh, Big Turkey says, my guys. Oh, my good goodness gracious. He says, my tool of the week goes to COVID-19 for still being here in 2021. I agree with that. Uh, Steve says, my tool of the week is you both for not knowing Michael McDonald sang the chorus of Run Like the Wind. Well, all right. We corrected ourselves and then celebrated the song for the entire segment. That's so. right. I think I, we tried. I mean, we tried to do as much as we could. Uh, Justin Bruni says, my guys. Power Monkey Update. I also forgot about that. Uh, another one for me for shunning bone about talking about soccer. Man, did you just like open up a fake a couple fake burner I, accounts? You know, and it's it's almost like the show. Jesus. Soccer is gaining in popularity, like the you know news has been saying. So I mean, it's maybe just people are just loving soccer. By mm-hmm. the way, if you love soccer and you don't want to hear Mike interrupt me on it, you can go to Bone and Beam United on all your favorite podcast apps. We're there. Me and Beamer talking soccer as long as you want to hear it. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Your favorite I'm sorry, podcast. did I not allow you to say whatever the hell you wanted to say, and did we not do an entire gambling segment about race cars today? Did we not do that, or did I just pass out? Well, did you not want me to do one about race cars? That's what's going on this weekend. Could have picked something else, I guess. They were complaining pick- about soccer. I don't know what to tell you. The NASCAR guys are happy. The soccer fans are mad. I don't know what you want. You, are you finished. I didn't cut you off. You said what you needed to say. I want you to know I didn't write these tweets. You're mad. You're behind all this. Behind all of it. Ted, does it sound like he's just taking it? Because I don't think it sounds like he's just taking it. He is not. That's what it sounds like to me. I didn't come up with this. I'm just telling you. I'm sitting here. Pick pick one of your soccer fake tweets and we'll give him the prize. Go ahead. (laughs) I can pick whoever I want. There's so many different options. Trying to think here who we've got. Actually, you know what? I'm going to pick the guy who, who said we did not know that Michael McDonald was singing in the chorus. So let's give it to, uh, who was that? I just had the email up and I've lost it now. How about uh, Steve? Yeah, give it to Steve. Steve, you win the $50. Sorry. $50 Lion's Den gift card. I guarantee you, Steve, you put on sailing. You go to Lion's Den. You spend it on some objects to enhance your love life. You're going to be a very lucky man. Hmm. And as Frank Thomas would say, and she'll like it too. And she'll like it too. That's right. I got to say, this is good. Sailing is obviously yacht rock. It's about sailing. But 
I don't think it's as good sailing the song as anything Michael McDonald has done. Michael McDonald like surpasses song. all. That's fine. This is nice. I'm just saying Michael McDonald to me superior. I'm a big fan. Very chill. You want to talk about soccer while this plays? No. Why would I do that? I don't want to get cut off again. <laughs> I just want to talk about it when it's free and open to talk about it. Now we're going to, you know, get mad at me when you ask me a question about soccer and then I answer right, it and you okay. yell at me. All right. Stop it. Yeah. You Back stop page. Cup- <laughs> you, you stop, stop it. it. You stop it. I'm going to give you the green skip Uno card. <laughs> You know what that means. <laughs> Back page coming up. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Do you guys think Bjork is bad? Come on. Watch out for an accident blocking the shoulder of I-70 westbound after Miller. Police on scene trying to get things clear. Plan on some slowdowns here as they try to get this worked out. This traffic report is sponsored by Indeed.com. With Indeed, there's no waiting for real results. Indeed searches through the millions of resumes in their database to deliver great candidates who fit your job description instantly. Claim your $75 credit towards your first upgraded post at Indeed.com slash credit. Terms and conditions apply. Only an array with fan traffic. Buckeye Show coming up at the top of the hour. The fine host of the Buckeye Show, your friend and mine, Timmy Hall. Hello, Timmy. You guys, man and bone, made it to Friday. You're pretty much done. Pretty much just a con- just a mindless conversation with you left to go, and then <laughs> we'll be done. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Three more minutes of that. Back page. Call tonight. Any uh, any big Valentine's plans this weekend, Timmy? Boy, you know. Other than getting out of the house so your wife can be with her true passion? Right, right. <laughs> as long as I can just uh, take a trip, take a day trip out there so the mailman can come over. Carl Malone heads on over to the house. Well, your, wife, you, your wife's not 14. Carl's not interested. Oh, man down. That's good. <laughs> the mailman down? Is that what you're saying? All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, did it's you actually, wish, did it's you actually wish Aaron- Jimmy Kimmel dressed up yeah. like Carl Malone. Oh, my, to your oh house. my God. I watched yeah. that about a year ago. It is the cringiest thing. It is oh the cringiest. I'm sure that is, that is one that Jimmy Kimmel wants to leave it off the internet. Utah jams sure. here. Yeah. Not good. T-Bone, how about you, buddy? Any good Valentine's stuff this weekend planned? Uh, Well, here's how that went today. I said, hey, uh, I was talking to Melissa, and I said, what do you think about Valentine's Day? And she's like, well, it's funny you mentioned that, because I was thinking maybe we could do this and that and that. And I said, oh, you you thought I was asking you if we wanted to do something. I was preparing to tell you, since I figured we would be doing nothing, because we've been married for a long time, and COVID, the Daytona 500 is on Valentine's Day. So... That I was thinking could be my gift ah, from you to me is that I could watch the Daytona 500. And she said, Oh, so you don't want to do anything. And I said, No, 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 I do. So she wanted to and go scrambled. out and have a nice, like, little afternoon with you, even if it's just the mm. two of you in a car. And you yeah. said, No, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And so, well, I didn't say that. I was thinking the, I thought, you know, you have those conversations in your marriage where you think you know where the answer is going to go. So you ask to be polite thinking you're going to get the answer that mm-hmm. should come out of it or you're hoping will come out of it. And then it turned out I did not know the answer. So I think now I have to plan something, even though 
I was planning on just listening to Michael McDonald and watching the Daytona 500. Mm-hmm. Now, apparently, I'll have to include my wife in our Valentine's Day plans. Daytona 500 on mute while you listen to Michael McDonald, right? During well, the Well, I have a mix. I'll, you know, ramp up the Michael McDonald and then ramp up the sounds of the engine back and forth. I, we, we ride the faders at my house, Mike. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> through the mixing board. What is yeah, Common Man going to do for Valentine's Day? How do you uh, spice well, it up? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm making my wife a chocolate cake because that's what she requested from me. And uh, I'm taking my daughter to Popeye's because that's what she requested of me. So <laughs> Very good. There you go. Is she going to get the new fish sandwich? Is she going to like that? Yeah, I saw that they had a fish sandwich. I've not tried it yet. I assume, Mike, you've Looks not pretty, tried it yet. pretty good. Let me tell you something. It may be the greatest fish sandwich in the history of fish sandwiches is it ever going to be better than their chicken well it may not be but well then then i don't need it then i don't need it well get the chicken and get the fish as like a right. little add-on you could, you could do that that's, that's i'm not a saying call. skimp on the fish just throw it what's in when the bag when did you become bone by there. the way it's just like hey just as a little add-on get another whole meal thing <laughs> It's not a meal. Have you met Tim? Are you not aware that Tim eats worse than I do? That's he just true. has a actually, body that it bothers me because works it's like out okay. Brad Pitt in Ocean's Eleven. He's eating every single time I see him and never gains any weight. You know what? <laughs> I wear that like a badge of honor every you time. Should. You should. Every time you make that comparison, and I hear the Brad Pitt Ocean's Eleven, <laughs> a piece of me in the back of my head smiles. Ah, Brad Tim, Pitt. you should be very happy. You can eat whatever you want and still look the same, and your hair has not started falling out or turning gray. Yeah. All's well, working well for you. Bell tolls, oh, it's all going to catch bell up tolls. to you. Right, yeah. because dad is fat, right, Timmy? I really am. F- yeah. Oh, my dad. Yes. Yeah, yes, fat. that's what I mean. Yeah, so it's it's going to catch up. But he's, fat. he's got yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gut fat. Stay everywhere else. <laughs> that is that. His dad, my dad, me. Soon enough, <laughs> we're one of those certain <laughs> age where it hit your dad. God, it just happens out of nowhere. He's like one of those actors that looks the same until he's seventy, and then you look like you're one hundred and forty, like Harrison Ford. <laughs> I really don't know when it happened. I think I when do. he hit about sixty. Not, I will not, say not long ago. I and I, you know, I'm not making fun of anybody's looks because anybody that deserves that, it's me. But I'm just saying, like, I have an appreciation for the older man who has looked like a lamppost their entire life, and then one day it's like, you know what? Let's tape a bowling ball onto the front of that and see how that works out for this guy. And that's just how that guy is the rest of his life. It's just one, one boy. Well, ball. you know what I'm saying, right? Like, you got the. It's just like a little bean pole, and then like, oh, yep, I got a, a baby fat now. I just hold that right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's an unfortunate thing. I actually think I would prefer that the, to my current predicament. Oh, I, I'm with you. Because I would take I, that as well. I gain all my weight seemingly in my bosom area. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can tape that down. Well, I do tape know. it down. <laughs> What's coming up on shirts? the Buckeyes show tonight? Well, we'll talk. We'll try to get into some of this conversation with Chops because that's what everybody would want to hear. Chops on is a very busy. Yeah, he'll have, he'll have lots of comments on uh, this discussion. We uh, will talk to Patrick Murphy in the 7 o'clock hour as we head into the weekend where the Buckeyes will take on Indiana tomorrow. They're wearing these frosty whites. You guys see the uniforms that they're going to no, roll? No, I have it's not like the, seen them. Yeah, they're the same. They've been wearing the scarlet script, so they're going to do that with the whites for the home game against IU tomorrow. Right. we got a Power 5 coming up in the 6 o'clock hour. It'll be a good two-hour show.
Buckeye Show, two big hours, top of the hour, right here on the fan. Back page, let's do it. The Back Page. The Back Page. With Common Man and T-Bone. Sponsored by Care Heating and Cooling. When you need a company you can trust, call 1-800-COOLING. Bone. Well, man, I have some very good news here for a viral sensation that had a lot of people worried. Have you heard about the Gorilla Glue Girl? Are you yes. aware of this? Okay, I, so I'm aware of her. For those who are not, this woman who, whose name is Tessica Brown, she posted a video on social media that showed her she had run out of her normal hairspray, the got-to-be-glued hairspray, to be specific. And so she said she grabbed Gorilla Glue spray adhesive instead, thinking, well, what's the difference? It's spray adhesive. It'll hold it down. And then I'll wash it out later. Well, problem is it's Gorilla Glue, and it's not made to be washed out. It did not get affected by the shampoo. She said her hair had been stuck in a one position for a month. She said, bad idea. My hair, it does not move. So everybody has weighed in on this. Chance the Rapper, among other celebrities, weighing in and saying they hoped everything would be okay for her. Gorilla Glue themselves said, please do not do this. Uh, But here's the good news. There was a guy by the name of Michael Obang. He is a plastic surgeon who has a private practice in Beverly Hills. He saw this video and said he came up with a solution. He tested out a few things, figured out what would be able to undo the damage, and offered to perform the procedure for free. Uh, TMZ actually went and taped the results. So I guess if you want to see this, you'll be able to. In either case... Uh, Ms. Brown flew from Louisiana to California on Wednesday. She had the procedure done and now says everything is good. She says she is uh, ready now to get her hair done for Valentine's Day, but she has been given her hair back. They say that part of the cure involved aloe vera, olive oil, and a dash of acetone, but they got it all done. So uh, good for her and good for that doctor for helping out. Buckeye Show is coming up next. Thank you, Ted. No, this is bad. I'd much rather hear Michael McDonald. Don't forget Common Man and T-Bone Weekend comes your way at 9 a.m. special start time. And if you listen at 9 a.m., you may hear Billy Saren singing some songs to you. <laughs> that was good. We'll see you Monday. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. Still watching an accident blocking the left lane of 71 southbound after Frank Road. Traffic is stop and go from Greenlawn Avenue in this area. Emergency crews are on scene trying to get things clear, but please be cautious as they work to get this undone. This traffic report is sponsored by Rumpke Waste and Recycling. Out of a job, why not get a career that is recession resistant? Rumpke Waste and Recycling is now hiring CDL drivers and helpers. Drivers receive a $5,000 sign-on bonus and helpers receive $2,000. No experience necessary? Apply now at RumpkeCareers.com. EOE restrictions apply. On the NRA with fan traffic. Hey, Common Man here. I know what you're thinking. This guy again. But we have some special bonus stuff for you. Sponsored, of course, by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. One is angry. The other one is bald. What do you think I mean, bald? Bald. Bald, bald. Here's man and bone. I want to point something out. All right. I too would be bald if I don't if I didn't take these pills every single day. <laughs> I've been taking the Propecia pills or whatever the generic is called now. Yeah. For almost 20 years. It's called amateur Pecia. <laughs> I didn't think about it for a second. Good job. <laughs> and I'm so terrified that if I stop taking these pills, like my hair will just fall out in one day. All of it. 
Yeah. Well, it's funny because we were watching last night. I had the NBA games on and uh, ESPN. I'm trying to remember who was alongside uh, Richard Jefferson. I wanted, Richard I Jefferson. Yes. Uh, maybe. I don't remember. It's one of the bald guys that does ESPN broadcast, whatever. And so Richard Jefferson is obviously shaved head. This guy also shaved head, you know, probably trying to forestall the inevitable. And Melissa's like, wow, man, everybody's just, you know, out here not embracing their baldness. And I'm like, you're, I, I too shave. Like, I don't let it grow long. I don't have like the, you know, coconut with a Hulu skirt on should. it. Like, no, I'm not going to do you that. You need a different look. And you can't shave it all the way. No, you I can't be totally bald. You look like a clan member. Thanks. Thanks. You, you would. I, you would look like a total I clan mean, member if you were totally bald. I would think you look like a clan member if you show up with a hood on. Like, that makes you... Yeah, but don't you just stop What am I now. supposed to do? I'm bald. Like, I just... You have that look to you. A fat white guy who's bald. No, Is there that are it? other white people who can pull it off. I'm just saying that that's not something you could pull off. I don't think. No, I have, like, shaved it all the way down. It's too much maintenance. That's I don't know if people realize that's a lot of shaving. That is you got to do it every day. Yeah, oh yeah, to get the to get the cue ball look. Yeah, like I have the stubble going, and sometimes it gets a little longer. Then I have to shave it back down. But the the cue ball polished dome thing that's a whole nother level. Like of Stanley commitment. Tucci. Stanley Tucci is a white guy, but he can pull off the shaved head look without you looking at Stanley Tucci like oh he's going to burn a cross on somebody's lawn. But you're you, saying, I, I think you're people saying get the wrong impression. You would accuse me of it even though you know me and know I would never do right. something like that. I know, I know, I've known you the, for years. That's bad. But I would just yell well, racist at you and run away. Well, I'm glad I don't shave my head all the way down then. Is it okay where it is now? Because well, I just want, now. Okay, good. I yeah, just want to make sure. like every other fat soccer-loving yes, guy. Good. Right I, don't, <laughs> I don't want to give off any vibes that are not accurate. So, good. All right. A special thank you for consuming all the stupidity we can safely shove down your gullet. Come back for more podcasts. And again, the podcast is sponsored by our friends, because they pay us. Care, heating, and cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. Stop listening now. The podcast is over. Turn it off. Go do something. 